Welcome, 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 welcome back to Canada's 189th most popular baseball podcast. That's right. This is a random MLB podcast. My name is Tommy. I'm joined by Greg. Greg, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling like the 189th best baseball podcast co-host in Canada. I'm feeling, <laughs> I, I am feeling like I should go over to the kitchen right now and pour myself a nice tall glass of maple syrup and get this show on the road. <laughs> Josh, how are you feeling? Psych. Josh is actually not joining us today. Uh, <laughs> we, 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 we knew Josh is going to miss a few episodes here. And uh, so we don't know when Josh will be back. Hopefully it'll be soon. But for now, you just get Greg and I. And you know what? That's good for you guys because it's not like I realized today I did the math, Greg. I have known you for 22 years, which is an absurd amount of time. Oh and uh, I realized that this morning, this afternoon when I was thinking about recording the podcast. And uh, this just brought me back to how many times uh, in the, the, the days before podcasts, Greg and I would just call each other at like the age of nine and talk baseball. So basically we've been doing this for 16 years. So we have a lot of experience. I, I think that there's there's one memory that sticks in my head, and we repeated this to each other multiple times. This was the, this was at the height of Mike and the Mad Dog, and I think we said to each other so many times since we knew the ins and outs of baseball. It's all we ever did when we were like 10, 11 years old, and I think we always said to each other, "We should start our own radio show. We should do it. It'll be great." We're ten. We're obviously not going to start a radio show because we don't know how or have the means. But that'd be a cool idea. Fast forward to two thousand twenty-one. <laughs> When all hope was lost in the world and we said, hey, what about that radio show idea? We actually have a way to do it now. So yeah. look what we got. And we have Josh, which yeah. is even better. Look at, you, look at us now, 10-year-old Tommy. Now you're the host of the 189th <laughs> most popular baseball podcast in Canada. Anyone can be a star these days. This the problem I'm having with that is that we got the email the other night saying we were the the 189th, and I laughed out loud because I just felt like that was the most ridiculous email to ever get. The thing is, I, I'm still unclear about. So you say you got this email, but who did it come from, and were you expecting it? Carlos at Simplecast, and I got to imagine Carlos is a bot. Uh, <laughs> and, and, so no, I wasn't expecting it. It was literally like twelve thirty in the morning, and I got the email, and I was laughing. So then I sent it to like four or five people, like let's laugh together. But the problem was, other I started getting the next morning. I looked at my phone, and people were like, "Hey, congrats!" And I'm like, "No, no, this is no, not me looking no, for praise." No, we're higher than one eighty nine. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I am laughing at this, not looking for praise, but but thank you. Thank you to all of my friends who were very kind and tried to make me feel better about it. I, that's what I me. said. Like they were like, Wow, that's really cool. It's so awesome. I'm like, guys, we have like we have like a long way to go. <laughs> let's not let's not jump on the train this this early. Come on now. I just love how niche of a of a title that is. Not even just the 189th most popular podcast. It's 189th most popular baseball podcast <laughs> in Canada. Like it is getting into so many subsets that I'm like I think I can you could put us anywhere. And we're also the 189th most popular podcast hosted by three guys with hair. <laughs> like in Canada. Hey, but you know what? We're the 189th best at doing it, and there's plenty of other there, pretenders out there. That don't there have it the, is. Uh, don't have the same potential. If you go into this podcast expecting the 189th best baseball podcast you've ever listened to, you're going to be impressed. I can promise you that. I think so. 
I promise. Uh, well, today we're doing uh, with the we're almost two months into the baseball se- season, right? I'm bad at math. One. I think two months. Seems that way. We're at <laughs> one episode if, seven. One in spring training month and one regular season month. But yeah, yeah, that's fine. All right, so we're doing power rankings. So uh, Greg and I came up with not Josh because he's not here, but Greg and I came up <laughs> with power rankings, and we went from worst to first. That's what we're going to start, and we're just going to break down who we think. How we think baseball shakes out right now. And um, so before we did it, Greg, we did our list separate from each other, didn't look at our lists, and then Greg sent me over his list before. I put it in an Excel spreadsheet. Uh, I hit that magic if button just to see how many we had the same. And out of 30, we only have four teams the ranked in the same position. So that's... <laughs> I think that'll be a f- I think that'll make for some fun arguments. I, I literally have my if function saying where it's either same or fight. So we're gonna have a lot of fighting on twenty six fights ahead for you guys. I think I hope our time. picks aren't too far off from each other. I don't think. Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm. I'm. I'm interested to see. I haven't really looked into where, how far, like what's the biggest disparity we have. But uh, I guess we'll get right into it and we'll see. Greg, if you want to start off and tell me 30 to 21. 30 to 21. Now, I'll go quickly and then I'll let you go. And then I guess we can kind of come back, circle back together. So, yeah. At 30, dead last in my current power rankings, I have the Detroit Tigers. uh, Followed at 29 by the Colorado Rockies. uh, Texas Rangers at 28. 27, I have the Pittsburgh Pirates. 26, I have the Baltimore Orioles. 25, Miami Marlins. 24, Chicago Cubs. 23, Minnesota Twins. 22, Atlanta Braves. And 21, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. And it pains me to say it. Wow. I think we do have some disparity here and um obviously i know if you're listening to this it's gonna be hard to like remember one list and then go back to the other so we will do that for you don't worry so i go 30 we are the same that is one of our four same rankings at 30 i have the detroit tigers oh thank you at 20 (laughs) are we are neither of us expecting the tigers to turn this this ship around i think they're gonna win win 50 games maybe yeah we'll talk about them in a minute we did do a podcast on the Oakland A's and how bad they were doing, and now they're sneak peek. They're in my top ten, so <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Maybe we are the uh, we're the mush. But anyway, thirty got the Detroit Tigers, twenty nine the Pittsburgh Pirates, twenty eight the Colorado Rockies, twenty seven the Texas Rangers, twenty six the Chicago Cubs, twenty five the Miami Marlins, twenty four your favorite Baltimore Orioles. 23, the Tampa Bay, former Devil Rays. 22, Arizona Diamondbacks. And 21, the Washington Nationals. So I think the biggest difference we have here, I have the Orioles at 24. You have them at 26. So honestly, we're both higher. I I was looking at some other power rankings um, while I was waiting for you to come on to do the podcast. And many people do not have the Orioles that high. So we actually are a little bit higher on the Orioles than most. And I would like to get into why I'm higher on the Orioles than most. Um, I'm trying to think where else we're bigger difference. I think there's a big, you had a big difference for me with the Rays. I have the Rays. Is way higher than that. You have yeah, you bottom. have the raise. You have them in the bottom do. third. I have the raise up at fourteen. We'll talk about them later. But um, yeah, that's a big. And one you have, and we both have the Cubs in the bottom ten. Which uh, I know the 
The Cubs are going to blow it up, but I do think, like, if you just look at the talent on the team, you got Chris Bryant, you got Ian uh, Ian Happ, you got Nico Horner who just came up, you got Javi Baez, Wilson Contreras, Kyle Hendricks, Anthony Rizzo, like, Jason Hayward. There's enough good players there where they shouldn't, I mean, for me, they're bookended by Adolis Garcia and the Texas Rangers and Jesus Aguilar and the Miami Marlins. Like, Chris Bryant and company should be, you would just think at a base level that team should be higher than where they're at. But mm. I had no pro- I had no problem putting them there. Like, I could have put them lower if I really wanted to be honest. I struggled putting them above the Rangers. I really did. Me too. I'm going between trying, if I'm doing a power ranking list like I did, right? It's between how they've done so far, and it's only been a month, right? Versus how I think they'll end up doing if if what they've done I think is a fluke or not, right? Like, at least for right now, the Cubs are the Chicago Chris Bryans for me. I don't know, like no <laughs> one else is hitting. Like you, like you mentioned guys, you mentioned guys like Ian Happ. He's literally he's on my fantasy team, so I know this. He's literally hitting like 100 this year. Uh, he's <laughs> his highly touted on base percentage is non-existent. He just he finally after like a month he had a three for five game with a home run stuff. And then he crashed into someone else in the outfield. He, he's flashed. He crashed yeah. into Nico Horner. Nico Horner's injured, and Ian Happ is concussed. I just feel like I feel like Chris Bryant's doing really well. I feel like Anthony Rizzo's just there to have fun. Yeah, Wilson Contreras. Wilson Contreras is having a good year. Kyle Hendricks is on and off. That's what I mean. But that's what he's always been. He's like he has a low ceiling, but like he's kind of you know what you're getting, and then. The Cubs are the Cubs. Like they're okay. Yeah. They're not great. They really could be lower, honestly, because they haven't impressed me that much. You have you're right that you have some talent that you think they're gonna get at least a little better, but I don't know. I think my point wasn't even that like because I had no problem putting them down here in the bottom five. It wasn't that was my issue. It's just that it's kind of sad to see the front office blowing that up because I remember when the Cubs won the World Series, I was like, oh wow. The Cubs are about to go on, like, the Cubs are about to go on a run here. Like, they're, like, the best team in baseball. Took and them this is in, years, yeah. <laughs> it did, but it seemed like it was, like, this This train's not going to stop. Like, they're a good team. They're a young team. They're willing to spend. They have the best GM in baseball. Well, he was the president. Best president in, of baseball operations in the sport. Like, the, and now we're here in 2021. Theo Epstein's gone. They're they're. Gonna get rid of Chris Bryant at the trade deadline, most likely. Yeah. If you go through Rizzo, Baez, Bryant, Contreras, Hendricks, they're not all gonna be back next year. Javi Baez also looks awful. Like, it's not even like he looks good. He has not looked good at all this season. So it's not even like if you're a Cubs fan and you're hoping that they lock up a few of these guys, I don't know if I feel comfortable. I feel weird locking up a middle infielder sometimes. Uh, it depends on who it is, but someone as inconsistent as Javi Baez, like I was letting 2020 go for him, but he has not shown me much this season at all. I don't know. Like, like, and even that offense in Chicago really isn't doing that well. And if you take Chris Bryant out of the lineup, it looks a lot worse. Like Chris Bryant's yeah. in 323, 708 slugging, get 10 doubles, nine home runs, 22 RBIs. Like, like you said, he's going to the trade deadline. Like he's got to be like, Right to yeah. a contender. And honestly, he might end up in the AL. Like, he might become a DH or something. Because, like, why not protect that kind of bat? And the thing with the Cubs lately is, like, they're, they're just they're, they're inconsistent. They're winning a game or two here and there, but they're losing series overall. They're losing a bunch yeah. of them. Like, they're just kind of one of those teams that, like, yeah, you could see it, but they're not doing it. 
they're not doing anything. Now I am happy that we do agree. Our bottom five is like kind of a different order, but the t- the teams down there are the ones I think that belong down there. I agree, and I I think we're on the same page there. And you know that's interesting with Chris Bryant. I'm I'm very interested to see what you were saying there. He I sincerely do think he'll be gone at the deadline. Uh, I think my Mets might swoop in there because they were rumored all the off season to get him. They need a third baseman right now, unless Jonathan VR is gonna ride the or unless we're gonna re- ride the Jonathan VR trade train the rest of the year. I I think that would be a move the Mets would make because Steve Cohen's not afraid to spend, and he's exactly the type of name they would bring in um but with Javi Baez a last note on the Cubs if you look at Javi Baez stats he's hitting 245 270 OBP seven homers they don't look terrible at face value but if you watch him play minute like literally inning to inning game to game he just doesn't look like he's the same player and if you're gonna lock him up I start to wonder Frankie Lindor got what 10 years 341 million out there yeah like, it's gonna be in this offseason you're gonna have Trevor Story Javi Baez, uh, not not Frankie Lindor anymore. Um, oh, Corey Seager. Like, are you gonna have to spend twenty to thirty million a year on Javi Baez? Because I don't know if I want to do that. I don't you don't know if I have want to, because you can get much better value elsewhere. Or if you want to like get a stopgap for a year and try to sign like I don't know, like Didi Gregorius or something, and then you know hope your prospects can come around. They had their shot with Glaber, but you know maybe who knows if he stayed there if he would have become. The world beater that everyone thought he would be. He had a good couple first years. Maybe he wouldn't Yankees. be playing shortstop. Yeah, the, for the first couple <laughs> years of the Yankees, he did great, and now he's you know he's he's having a little bit of a hard time. But who knows if he stayed in Chicago, if that would have all turned out differently? Yeah. Wait, where do you rank? I just I'm curious. If you went Trevor Story, Corey Seager, uh, Javi Baez, Carlos Correa. I think that's all the free agent shortstops we're going to have this offseason. Let me let me just double check really That order quick. that you just said on. Yeah. So yeah. Javi Baez, Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, Trevor Story. How do you rank that 1 to 4? Story number 1. Yeah. And I agree. Seager, Definitely story honestly one. what you said before, Story, Seager, I guess Baez and then Correa cuz I'm not sold on Correa. Like I think he's like I think he's a little bit having some trouble down there. You know I honestly think I'd rather have Correa because I think Correa well, is the you. I kind of know what I'm getting with Correa. He's moving off short. He'll probably he'll you probably move him off short in due time. Uh, but I think I know what I'm getting. Whereas Javi Baez, if Javi Baez hits 200 next year, that's feasible. If Javi Baez hits 300 next year, that's feasible. I don't know if I want to make an investment like that. Uh, into somebody like Javi Baez. So that, that's concerning. But you, you've been trying to move off the Cubs. Let's move off the Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say, I'm glad we agree on number 30 with the Tigers. Like, I feel bad, but Jesus. Like, negative 62 run differential through 30 games. That's more than double any other team in the MLB. That's, I mean, we didn't, it's not like we didn't see this coming, but it's still, you know, you don't want to see teams do that bad. They were, they had, they had recently had a five game losing streak where they, out, they were outscored 32 to five. That's not good. The next Paul O'Neill, Akil Badu, he's falling off. Falling off. It's he's. I mean, he's slumping. He's he's a kid. He's gonna he's gonna take some time to develop, and they know that, and everyone yeah. knows that. The Tigers aren't ready to go right now, but like, I would honestly, I don't really see anything bright about the team. Like, maybe you could say, okay, Jose Urania, if he pitches okay through the All Star break, maybe he'll get them some prospect or something. Yeah. I don't, I don't that, know. That, that's like, what I would think. Because that's think the old, yeah, If you're going to sell him, you sell him now because he's like 35. You're, yeah. And, he's one of those guys. I, I had a few guys like shortlisted for a team later on down the list of 
Like, well, it'll probably come up a couple times. Teams looking for pitchers at the deadline and who's going to be available. If Jose Urania is pitching like he's pitching right now, uh, you can actually get a legitimate asset for him at the trade deadline for a, mm. from a desperate team. So yeah. I, I agree with you. If I'm a Tigers fan, I'm just hoping as many of the players you have here, whether it's Jose Urania, whether it's Spencer Tur- well, he's hurt, um, whether it's – honestly, that's the problem. I can't even name enough Tigers that would have value. I, I don't really know. Yo, Victor, I don't, Victor Reyes can't You hit. can't even trade Miguel Cabrera because, like, he's not no, even doing No, his contract's well. awful, and his contract is – Terrible. Nobody would ever want it. Like, like it looked good when they signed him, but then you know, I mean, obviously they got, they did get. The, he, I think he made good on his contract and then some. But yeah, no. Right now, you do you that can't ten do times anymore. out of ten. Yeah. You, but you get rid of Dave Dombrowski, and this is what happens. Dave Dombrowski wins now, and then it's going to blow up. If you're uh, uh, Nico Goodrum can't hit, but he could field, so and he could play multiple positions, so maybe someone needs that. But you're not going to get a, like a legitimate asset for him. Like their power Nico, right now is coming from Wilson Ramos every other week. Like He's another guy. Yeah, if you have enough injuries, maybe a team that we'll talk about. I know we will talk about the Braves. Maybe they look into Wilson Ramos at the deadline. But yeah, he's, he's hitting only on like two hundred, and he has like six home runs. But you got them all in the first week and a half. Like it's not. It's bleak. Is he better than Alex Jackson though? If you could get him for nothing, because I assume you're not going to have to pay much to get him. I guess, but like, but what do the Tigers get back for that? Like, I, that's the thing. It's too late. It, it'd be too late for the Braves to be looking for a catcher at the deadline. They they kind of need one now because Darno's not coming back to like September. Like. But and then a step above that, and in, in, in other depressing news, we had the Rockies. I I don't know where you had them, but I had them at twenty nine. I have them at twenty eight. And well, I will say, if I'm a Tigers fan, Spencer Torkelson, that guy's a real deal. He's coming up. They say twenty twenty two. That's all I'm rooting for. But yeah, I have Rockies at twenty eight. And the only reason I have Rockies at twenty eight, Rockies actually have had some like guys play. Ryan McMahon's having a good season. Garrett Hampson's having a good season. Yeah. Trevor Story actually isn't having as good of a season as he should. But you know that bat's going to come around. So that's when I was doing this. I was like, a John Gray's having a good year. Their bullpen's a mess, but, I mean, the team's a mess. And you know what? I actually, I think you might laugh at this, that I had, I was debating having them in the, it was them and the Pirates. I had them at 29 and 28. And I was like, what is the difference between these two teams? Because long-term, what one major factor I try to put in is like, are you playing competitive baseball? The Cubs fell because there's many games where I watch the Cubs. I'm like, they are not playing, playing competitive baseball. The Rangers almost, I almost took the Rangers over the Cubs because, would they just win three out of four against the Red Sox. Like, every game the Rangers play, they're in it. They're at least battling. So, at least yeah. if you're a Rangers fan. I, I'm a Mets fan. There have been many seasons where the Mets have been out of it come literally May 1st. And all you were looking for is, like, a team that was just fighting. And that was it. You were like, as long as they battled and they gave me something to watch. So a team like the Rangers, a team like the Rockies, uh, and even the Pirates, like that, I, that gave me something when I was ranking them. But to answer your question of the Rockies, the reason I put them above the Pirates was like their GM resigned. And I'm like, well, he's terrible. So after watching the Nolan Arenado <laughs> deal, that's addition by subtraction. That's, so my, that's my first note. I, only, I didn't make that many notes for each team, but I have a little bit for the teams that I picked. And my first note is GM stepped down. If you're this bad, might as well tell everyone else you're giving up. Like, like <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's good for the Rockies overall, but it's still just a sad state of affairs, right? Like it's, it's, it's May 4th and he's like, have fun with this garbage roster. And he's, you know, it's his fault, but like <laughs> most. If I'm a Rockies fan, I hated what they got back for Nolan Arenado. So the fact that that guy's gone, 
I'm good with it. No, that's I agree. Win. And that's good, but that doesn't make the Rockies any better right now. No. The yeah. only reason, I kind of agree with you, the only reason I didn't have them last is because I've seen them hit. They're hitting a little bit. Charlie Blackman hasn't, but he'll he's coming around. He'll be fine. You got the guys who aren't supposed the guys who are supposed to hit aren't hitting, and the guys who are like kind of surprises are, which usually is a a good like uh, indicator a good that they'll be they'll be back. And like they're under the instead of the Mendoza line, I'll call it the Coors Field line. Like eventually, the fact that they play at Coors Field is going to bring their averages up. Like and even today, like they got <laughs> they were playing the Giants and they got a ten spot up against them in the first inning. They already got four run. They got four runs back right away. Like they like they're scrappy. I like the Rockies. I have a soft spot for them. That doesn't mean they're any good, you know. But their hitting's okay, and uh, unfortunately, their pitching is not. Gray is the only no. pitcher that's anywhere close to being good, and he has like a three fifty ERA. Like yeah, outside of John Gray, they're doing nothing pitching wise. Daniel Bard just lost the closing job. Like you, I think if I'm a Rockies fan, you're hoping Michael Givens. I'm assuming they're going to put Michael Givens in that closing spot. He was a good. He had some nice seasons there for the Baltimore for a little bit there, and it's similar to what we were talking about with the Tigers. I think if you're a Rockies fan, you're hoping Michael Givens gives you something where you could deal. And that's like a legitimate, you probably can get a legitimate prospect. If he's dealing at the deadline, teams always need bullpen arms, and you'll get better value for him than you and then, and then probably would a now. little bit. See, this is where I like to go from here because then you still have teams that you, I mean, this year's a wash for the Texas Rangers. But, like, you can at least, yeah. again, point to something that's a little better about them than I feel like for the exactly. Tigers. For example, I think that, up the middle with Isaiah Falefa and Nick Solak. <laughs> Kiner Falefa? I like Kiner Falefa. Hit that up the in, up the middle infield right there. I think I like those two. Like Falefa's doing. I really good. like Kiner Falefa. And then you know what? If we're gonna keep talking about trade deadline targets, Kyle Gibson, if he keeps pitching like that, he's gone. Like, like that's, he, yeah, so that's good for the Rangers overall. Just not this. Year. It is. They're just gonna win sixty games this year, and that's it. Any team down here, I think you're hoping from twenty six to thirty. I think. When I look at these teams, because I'm just looking at them now, and like it's my immediate reaction when I look at the team. 26 to 30, Cubs, Rangers, Rockies, Pirates, Tigers. If I'm a fan of that team, I'm you're hoping players perform well enough where you can deal those assets at the deadline. Because this is going to fall apart. The Cubs would be the only team that I'm like, hey, if you built around them, maybe you could get to a, an average team, but the Cubs front office is clearly not trying to do that anymore. So if you're... Any of these fans just hope that you can deal assets and what, and what do we think about now? What do we think about the Orioles? Because now they're so interesting because the, I have them low, but like I kind of have a soft spot for them. Like I, I like I like Mullins, like we talked about. That's uh, what I was gonna say. I like you know I like John Means. Everyone and their mother loves John Means, honestly. But but the one guy I also like is Austin Hayes. I think yeah. he's a good. I think he's a really solid outfielder, and he's 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 had some clutch hits this this year so far, and. Um, and I, I like some of the players on that team, but that's it. Like, I don't know how... I don't really see a path forward for them. Like, do they well, trade John Means? Like, what do they do? No, I... So, see, here's the thing. And this is uh, and this is why I have the Orioles at 24. And, and sorry to all Miami Marlins fans, because Marlins could have easily been above the Orioles. But I put the Orioles up because... Now, if you're in this category, the Orioles are another one of those teams. They're competing every day. I think how many wins they have this season? The Orioles actually have. They're only a game back from the Yankees. So, like the Orioles are aren't bad. I think they're fourteen and fifteen. Yeah, they are. Wow, I nailed that. They're fourteen and fifteen. They're three games back in the East. It's early, whatever. 
But if I'm an Orioles fan, you look at it this way. You got Adley Rushman coming up this season. He's, from all intents and purposes, everybody seems to think this guy is going to be a stud behind the plate. At short, and now you got in center field, you got Cedric Mullins. First two weeks, it was like, buy him, or are we buying him, or are we not? We're a month in. I think Cedric Mullins is for real. Like, I think it's fair to say that Cedric Mullins is a is he an all-star? I, I don't know where this, where he plateaus here. I don't think he probably comes up as an all-star, but if you can have someone, Cedric Mullins, now you have a piece that's plus defender, can hit, he's hitting 330 right now, plus speed, and I mean, and now he's your top of the lineup bat. Finding that, and you can build around a team around something like that, a young team, and if you found, so now you look at it, you got John Means, who looks amazing this season, so it looks like you might have an ace. Whether or not he ends up being a 2-3 starter, on, he probably is a 2-3 starter on a good team, but you have a legitimate starter, you have a legitimate catcher coming up, and you have a legitimate center fielder. Those are p- building blocks. And for some of the teams that we talked about in the bottom five, I don't know if I can say that about them. So I don't. Like, I agree with you there because, like, like, Pirates, right? The, any good players that they have, like Rich Rod and Adam Frazier, they're gone at the trade deadline, too. Yeah. Like, it's, no, they're not staying. Like, the, the Rangers, I, I'd say the Rangers have a shot to build a little bit because they have a good infield now. Um, but then again, like the Rockies, mess. Tigers are a mess. They're, they're ways away. Like, yeah. even the Marlins, like, well, actually, the Marlins are a little bit of an interesting case. We can talk about them in a second. But, but you're uh, right. They I are. think of those teams down there, the Orioles, they have, a, they have a decent chance. Maybe not this year, but they have building blocks. Like, I like, and Austin Hayes, I'm on the Austin Hayes train, man. I like him. Yeah, I really like Austin Hayes. He's having a good season, too. Yeah. He's got power. He's good. Jemai Jones, he's da- I think they started him in AAA, but he's like, maybe you could bring him up in, in the season he does decently. Like, the. The bottom five teams, you're relying on guys like when I said Spencer Torkelson for the Pirates, the Neil Cruz. It's you're relying on guys who haven't even made it yet, and you're like, hopefully they turn out to be better than what we're expecting. Right. The Orioles have guys there who are performing at a major league level right now, and I mean that's all you can ask. That is the test. We 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 talk about prospects all the time of like, is this guy going to make it? These guys are performing at a major league level in a hard AL East. That's all I need to see. That's all I need to. That's why I know Cedric Mullins is for real. That's why I know John Means is for real. John Means is not pitching against Detroit. He's not pitching against the Pirates. John Means is taking on the the the, the Blue Jays, the Yankees, the Red Sox, even the Rays. These are legitimate lineups, and I'm all for what the Orioles are doing right now. I know you're seeing a game soon. I'm going to a game soon. I'm excited to go to Camden Yards and watch them. They're they, they're one of those teams. They're they're a gritty team. They're fighting. They're in every game, and they're a fun team to watch. I yeah, like watching. Been, you know. What is the best road record in the MLB? Is it the Baltimore Orioles? Ten and five. They're one of those. Te- I can honestly sometimes. This is not a point that really makes any difference. I think for most people, but like I can tell which teams are performing better by like at the end of the night when I'm playing Xbox, which team am I putting on my iPad just to like have in the <laughs> background? And like the past two weeks, I'm like I'm watching a lot of Orioles games because they're fun to watch. Like they're fun. They're a fun team to watch. I'm, I'm they in. I'm are, in they on are them. very interesting case, and I want to see what happens with them this year. They have a lot of good pieces in place. I like them. You know who else I feel like that way about? Honestly, and it might sound a little weird, but I think I I think that way about Miami. Like I, I do too. I have Miami low, obviously, for how they've started because obviously their offense has not been up to par. But of the teams down here, if any of these teams are going to do anything. 
that are going to be lower teams that like, come up at the end of the season, they're probably have one of the best chances to because, A, they're in the NL East, which is wide open, and now they might be better teams, but I, I honestly think the whole division has been underperforming. It has been. It's been, it's been a mess. It's been it's hard. Been a mess. But you know what? Miami is not healthy. They don't have Starling Marte. They don't have Jazz Chisholm. They don't have Jorge Alfaro. They don't have Brian Anderson. Like, they're all hurt. Um, yeah. I think that Miami is going to be one of those teams we look back. If we do this again in like three months or two months, like All-Star Game, right? Who's who's where the power ranking sitting then? I think yeah. Marlins are going up. I think Orioles I agree. might go up. Like, I, I, When I did mine, I really wanted to put the Orioles and the Marlins above the race because it's exactly what you're saying. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, you follow at Random MLB Stars, and if you don't, Please follow at Random MLP Stars. Uh, <laughs> you would have seen me post a couple weeks ago, Jazz Chisholm and a Rookie of the Year season because he was that good. Like he's legitimate. That's a legitimate piece. That guy could hit. He can run. He could feel like Jazz Chisholm is someone that if you're Marlins fans, and I know a few Marlins fans, they're excited about him. Trevor Rogers. That guy is dealing like legitimately dealing i know there is no mistake in fantasy baseball that i've made this season that i'm more mad about that i picked up trevor rogers dropped him after his first start because i thought i can sub in a, a spot start to get myself to like an inning cap and then go get him again and someone picked him up and i am very bitter about it because that guy is legitimate it's not and again it's the same argument i just made with john means He's not pitching against nonsense. He's pitching against the Phillies, the Mets, the Braves. Like, whether or not you like the Phillies, whether or not you like the Braves or the Mets, it doesn't matter. These are good in the Nationals. You can't deny there's good players on these teams. Yep. Uh, so he's not pitching against nothing. And I really like, you got pieces when you're at the Marlins. Like you said, Starling Marte is a proven piece. There, there's Brian Anderson's a good player. Like, there's a lot to like. Jesus Aguilar is hitting the hell out of the ball right now. Mm-hmm. I don't even, like, really is. I think he might be back to his 2019 form. So who knows? I, I like what the Marlins are doing a lot. And then just to round out the bottom 10 uh, for me, there was a top of this list, those that I thought, like, just kind of slipped below the middle of the pack i have the twins down here because i mean they had a brutal stretch like they were two and 13 for 15 games like that's rough like the whole offense right now up until like i would honestly say like last week is like was like byron buxton and nelson cruz it is and that's about it and you know what alex kirilov is gonna help out a lot like he just hit four home runs against kansas city like He's 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 gonna be nice for them. I love Alex Kirilov. Alex Kirilov is legit. I like him a yeah, lot. I, I hope the Twins will be better than what they're showing right now. But if you ask me to power rank them on May May fourth, that's what happens. Like they're they're not that high up. The Braves, I feel like, unfortunately, aren't trending in the right direction. Uh, I had them at twenty two. You know, the pitching's been suspect. Like you can't really trust Charlie Morton. Right now, Drew Smiley's having a tough time. And then, obviously, we talked about it a couple times, but, you know, Darno, they lose their catcher. He's on the IL-60 because he broke his thumb or something. And my fantasy team also put him on the IL-60. <laughs> um, I should have known. <laughs> That's, breaking. That's breaking news. They're breaking news. Uh, Travis Darno is on my injured list. But it's just like they don't they, – they, they are higher than those other teams right now because they just are too – you would think they're too good to be this bad. But I don't even think they're going to get that much better if they even do. Like, And then my, the, the, the pick that pained me the most here was the Angels. I had them all the way down here at 21. Obviously a surprise to those who have followed our podcast as I've been singing the praises of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim up to this point. But you know what? 
It's not panic mode. It's early. All hope is not lost. But at the same time, they need to get their stuff together. Like Dylan Bundy's a champ, but the rest of the pitching is not where it needs to be. I know Tommy said it 50 times, but you know what? I, I, I still have faith. It, it's not over yet. Like here and there, they still have these games where they find ways to win. They're in a they're in a tough division, especially with the starts that Mariners and Athletics got off to, and the Astros are roaring back. It's 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 going to be tough, but they have good enough pieces and their lineup is nice that they're going to stay in the mix. I don't think it's over for the Angels, but they got to be careful. So what makes me nauseous is the fact that I have the Angels ranked higher than you. <laughs> I have the, this is a sneak peek and I have the Angels at 16. And I think it's because I've fought with you so long that I'm starting to get higher on their players than I really am. Because I agree, the, the rotation's terrible. But I sat there and I was like, okay, Otani's hitting, like legit hitting, not like Oh, he's okay. But Otani's hitting, hitting. Trout's hitting like uh, 600. Trout's hitting. Rendon's healthy again. I was like, all right, that's enough for me to keep you in the top 20 because those are three like legitimate best players in baseball. I can put you in the top 20 on there alone. David Fletcher's doing his doing what David Fletcher does. Like Dylan Bundy's pitching. Nobody else is. And I'm like, okay, because I viewed it as this. Their bullpen's meh. Their rotation's meh. But they're not as bad as they seem. Uh, they're 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 bad. But they're a mediocre rotation. It's a mediocre bullpen. Right now, they're, if you look at their stats, it's a bad rotation. So when that regresses back to the mean and they're a mediocre team, they're right where I think they are, which is where I have them at that between that 20 to 15 range. I have them at 16. With their bats, I think that's where they'll end up, and that's why I have them there. But I actually wasn't as low on them as you were because I kind of expect them to be bad. So it's almost like (laughs) I expect them to get a little bit better because I'm like, they're not this bad. They're bad, but they're not this bad. I see it, and that's why I'm saying – I'm just staying cautious with my ranking because I want to really try and reflect as realistic as I possibly can to what's happening right now as well as where I think they'll go. It's too early to tell, so I got to put them lower. Like. But if you want, we can move over. Well, no, but I think before we go into the next 10, I think what we'll do is before we go, we take a break and then go to the next 10. I, there are two teams that I noticed on here that I do want to know, talk about really quick. Um, with three really quick. Uh, I can talk about the third one next section. Two really quick is the Nationals. We both have at 20. You have them at 20 and I have them at 21. And I think we're probably on the same train here of like, I kind of think the Nationals window is closed. I love what Trey Turner's doing this season. Soto's healthy now. But I mean, as we sit today, the Nats are, they're still, it's weird that the, they're, they're leading the NL East and we have them at 20 and 21. But I think it's just because a 500 team is exactly where I see them at the end of the season. And I don't, it's either going to get worse it won't get better than that. And They're overachieving. That's why, like, like I have my first note here is that I would have ranked them lower a week ago. They, they started, you know, yeah. Patrick Corbin came around. They had a little more good pitching lately. They've had a lot to overcome. They overcame COVID beginning of the year. Uh, again, Soto's coming back. I mean, and I mean, I, you just said it. They're still in first place technically right now, and we know how much that actually means, right? Because yeah. the NL East, all the teams will be alive. I have them higher than the Braves and the Marlins, but I mean, like you said, the window's closing. They probably won't get much higher than like 16 or 15 throughout the rest of the year. Well, let's let's put it at a fundamental level here. They're being outscored over the course of the season, which is, I don't need to be a mathematician to tell you that that's <laughs> probably not going to hold up over the course of yeah. the season. 
Uh, I also don't need, I'm not Nostradamus, but I don't think Josh Harrison is going to hit 361 for the rest of the season. I feel like that might fall off. Uh, I mean, you're hoping Josh Bell turns it around, but like, I think it's exactly what you're saying is like, I ranked them. So when I did it, I have, and we'll talk about the Phillies and the Braves in the next section of, I have them at the end of the season below those teams and they haven't really done, they've gotten lucky a few times. Patrick Corbin had a good start there. And I mean, I don't really think that this team's going to do anything. I think they're a 500 ball club and I think this is as good as it's going to get for them and when they fall 80 off, and 82 like yeah, and I think it could be worse. Juan Soto's back. If Juan Soto if Juan Soto or Trey Turner get hurt again, if Juan Soto gets hurt again or Trey Turner gets hurt, I'm telling you, I think this is a team that could fall off and fall off fast, and that is when we start talking about will Max Scherzer get traded. And I think that is a legitimate question because if the I mean their GM was Mike Rizzo. I, I I don't think he's usually the type that buys in, and I could see it where he's just kind of he, he strikes me as a guy who's too prideful to kind of blow up his team and get assets for it. But I have to wonder with they already know they've overpaid Patrick Corbin. I think anyone could tell you they've done that. Stroudsburg still isn't pitching, so I think we could say that that contract probably has wasn't he ever that great. Uh, I, I, I think since hurt. he signed the contract, he has barely like if, I don't know the number offhand, but it's barely like he's barely pitched since he signed his contract. So it's come to a point where I'm like, if you're doing that and you see Max Scherzer walking at the end of the year, you know you're the Nationals fans. You have to know you're not paying Max Scherzer. I would assume you're not going to pay Max Scherzer. So if that's the case, um, why wouldn't you trade? I think that would trade be a question. to the Yankees, man. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Who needs starting pitching more than the Yankees? No, right you know what? My dream would be Max Scherzer in Toronto. The Toronto needs they would pitching. Be scary. Toronto's they would be scary good. If they got Max Scherzer, it's my dream is Max Scherzer in Toronto. Oh yeah. Um, and then the other team, really quick. Well, I guess you know what? We can hit them next section because they're in your next section. So we'll talk about that. So we will be back after a short break. Hey, everyone. Ad break number one of today's podcast, a two-part special. Uh, Greg here with uh, all of our sponsors, which is currently zero, but want to give a shout-out to Dustin, who does all of our music for the podcast. Check out his project, Paste, anywhere you get music from. Until then, let's go back to the podcast. And we're back. All right, so we're going to do 20 to 11 now. So, Greg, you want to read off your 20 to 11? And there's some in here that we've already kind of touched on, but I'll start with number 20, and that's the Washington Nationals. At 19, I have the Arizona Diamondbacks. Number 18, the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, Number 17, the Cincinnati Reds. Number 16, New York Mets. Number 15, Cleveland Indians. Number 14, Tampa Bay Devil Rays, number 13, New York Yankees, number 12, Seattle Mariners, and number 11, Kansas City Royals. All right, and then I have at 20, the Cleveland baseball team, number 19, the Minnesota Twins, Uh, at number 18, the Philadelphia Phillies, number 17, Atlanta Braves, 16, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, which... I don't know how the people of Anaheim feel about this. Why did they do that? Why didn't you stick with the Anaheim Angels? Why did they switch to this long nonsense? I don't nonsense? think they are the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim anymore. I think it's just Los Angeles Angels now. I'm not sure. I have to double check. I think they, I think they dropped the are they? a couple years ago. Which, they play in Anaheim. Like, Why are we doing this nonsense? It's like the New York Mets are from um, Westchester now. Um, but they don't play. They play in Queens, but they're from Westchester. It's fine. Anyway, uh, 15, the Cincinnati Reds. 14, the Kansas City Royals. 13, the St. Louis Cardinals. 12, the New York Yankees. 11, the New York Mets. Um, I'm already kind of feeling a little bad, bad about what I did to the Kansas City Royals there. They didn't deserve that. 
Um, Mets ahead of the Yankees? Come on. I, I can tell you exactly why. If we want to start this there, is personal. Exactly why Tommy's Mets, Mets, Mets fan. I trust yeah, the Mets. Start. Let's, let's let's air out right now. What are you talking about? And you know what? I'm. I'm proud of myself. We're episode seven, and I have not gone on one Mets rant. I've related things to the Mets, but I have not talked about the Mets in detail. So I'm more than happy to get into the Mets for the first time here. I'm happy to do it. The Met, I trust the Mets pitching rotation, and well, maybe not their bullpen, but I trust the Mets pitching rotation much more than I trust the Yankees. All right, you got Garrett Cole, and then I don't know what. The Met, Corey Kluber did pitch well the other day. I will give him that. Uh, James Tyone, hey. like, eh. David Garcia is Talk about the Mets very first. mediocre. And but the Mets, Jacob Degrom, Marcus Stroman, David Peterson looks fine. You're gonna get Thor back. The Mets have legitimate pieces in their rotation. The Mets, I, I'm actually, I actually feel good about what the Mets rotation is for. For Taiwan Walker is better than what his stats suggest. He actually is having a good year. Like the Mets have legitimate arms. And then you're gonna get Thor back halfway through the year. I have more faith that the Mets pitching will hold up, and especially since they have the best pitcher in baseball, mind you. Garrett Cole is probably the second best pitcher in baseball. It's just what comes after Garrett Cole that concerns me. In in me power ranking these teams, I had to mix what I feel is happening now versus where I think they'll go. Right now, I don't see the Mets any higher than middle of the pack, 16. Like maybe they could be better. They have. A, I mean, I have here written down that I know their offense has been obviously pedestrian, but a lot of their bats are dormant right now. The talent's there. You have Dom Smith. He's going to come around. McCann can, do, quite frankly, do better than he's doing right now. Frankie Lindor, obviously, can do better. Like, they're all going to turn it around, I think, to some extent. The Mets are going to get Carlos Carrasco in, like, a month even. Not even. The Mets are going to ask Carlos Carrasco to their rotation. You know, and they have a better chance than those other teams to do something because they have the talent. But it's up to the Mets to do something with that talent. And then, again, Syndergaard is coming back. Do we know how Syndergaard is going to do? How many times does Syndergaard have to get hurt before we know? Well, so here's the thing. I agree. I'm with you on that. But now the Mets are in a spot where you got Jacob DeGrom, Marcus Stroman, Carlos Carrasco, Taiwan Walker, David Peterson, Noah Syndergaard. Those would be six pitchers. So you can either go through a six-man rotation or if David Pe- – really the question is, is David Peterson performing? If David Peterson is pitching at a decent level, he's, his ERA is 4.8, I think, right now. But, like, he looks better when you're watching him pitch than what you're seeing. If David Peterson, when you're getting to, because I assume Cinderella will probably come out, go back around the All-Star break. If David Peterson's pitching, you throw, I think, what better way to get Cinderella back from the DL, IL, than throwing him in the bullpen and stretching him out that way. Because he's just going to throw heat. So then you have, and that's another thing I like about the Mets bowl. I don't. I'm not part of the Edwin Diaz fan club. I'm really, I don't ever really feel that comfortable with Edwin Diaz. But he's still a top-tier closer in baseball. Trevor May is a top-tier setup man. Seth Lugo is going to come back. Dylan Patances is too hurt. Uh, Jared's Familia is fine. Miguel Castro is fine. You add Syndergaard, and the Mets will probably make a run for a bullpen arm by the, by the deadline. Like, the Mets actually have, the Mets are a good team. They're not playing well, and I think a lot of that has to do with how COVID has messed up their schedule. They miss so many games. It's on again, off again. They're doing doubleheaders left and right. I think too much of what's going on with the Mets is happening because of that. The the elephant in the room that we haven't addressed is Francisco Lindor, who is just not hitting. Like and he looks bad when he gets up to bat when he gets up to the plate. Nothing is working right now. But 
I don't think that is a... I, I think it's hard. Everybody, and this is where I hate... I almost hate being a Mets fan when I go on Twitter or Instagram and I watch other Mets fans say, waste of money, look, 10 That's years, ridiculous. look at this waste of money. And they try and say, like, this is... It's ridiculous, and they try and compare this to, like, the <laughs> Wilpon era, and I'm like, have you forgotten what it was, like, literally seven months ago? Like, how this wasn't even a, a, a pipe dream? Like, to think that Francisco Lindor isn't going to turn it around is absurd. And also, his defense is better than anything the Mets have thrown out there, and I don't even know how long. I, right, I, mean, now I agree with you. Like, listen, I have the Mets at 16 because I feel like, you said all these valid points about reasons they may have struggled so far this year, but they're not, I don't think they're at number 11. I think that they've struggled a little bit. So they're 16, right? Those people aren't hitting, but I agree with you. They're going to turn it around. Look, I have them listed as the highest of the NL East teams in my power rankings for a reason. I think of yeah. any of them, they have probably the best shot to go and win the division because they have the best talent. Uh, but I don't know if they're, I agree. I think they're 100% right better now, than the Yankees right the now. Yankees, see, the Yankees, they got off to also not a great start, obviously, because their starting pitching wasn't holding up at all. Like, But we we have to reflect reality, and you watch what happens the last couple of weeks and how things can change, right? They split with the Orioles. They finally swept someone. Obviously, it was just the Tigers, but they, they're creating a lot of momentum this way. First of all, let's not forget my home run derby champion, Don Carlos Stanton, literally <laughs> in the last seven days, I want to pull up the exact. The, the artist formerly known as Mike Bananas, right now. John Carlos Stanton in his last seven days has a 522 batting average. 522. He has 12 hits and 23 at bats. He is going bananas. And, you know, couple of that with the fact that we got some really good. We had a two hit shutout from Corey Kluber. We had Domingo Herman toss seven strong. All of a sudden, their pitching's working back in. It, it, they started out slow, but we got to build some momentum somewhere. And, like, the Yankees' bats are starting to wake up. I really think that that Rugnet-Odor pickup was really nice because I don't. he got us through some of those tough games. Like, we, he's been clutch. He has been stringing thir- certain things together. He's not he's not hitting every single game, but when it matters, he's starting rallies. He's doing little things. He's, it's important to have that flexibility in the infield because if I had to watch Jay Bruce play first base for one more game, we made the poor man retire. <laughs> we, you know, and, you know, I don't – I hate this argument that people have about the Yankees where we start winning games consistently because all of a sudden we're hitting home runs again. And everyone's like, the Yankees live and die by the long ball. You know what? They're the Bronx Bombers. That's how it goes. We've had a lot of success where we just hit a lot of home runs. And you know what? If you win games 9-2, to two, then guess what? It works. We've won plenty of games this way for years and years and years. This team is going to be fine. If we have a lot of power, so be it. If that's how we're going to score our runs, so be it. Maybe if Clint Frazier's of the world started hitting more consistently, they could hit doubles in the gap, and then you guys can shut up about all Yankees do is hit but home the, runs. The problem like, isn't like, the Yankees lineup. The Yankees lineup is fine. If Aaron Judge stays healthy, if John Carlos stays healthy, if Clint Fra- I'm saying if a million times, if Clint Frazier starts hitting. I don't even know a Rugnet or Dor, whatever. Like whatever you get from him is a plus. I sincerely don't think he's. I don't think he's better than what Jonathan VR is giving to the Mets. And like it's good, but 
He's not someone I want to be. I'm just saying naming. it's like all he these shouldn't nice be in the first paragraph together, of no. things that are going right for the Yankees. It should not be Rugnet Odor. He should not be there. The Yankees should be doing like my issue with the Yankees isn't even the lineup, so I'm not going to go pick that apart. My issue with the Yankees is their rotation and it's their bullpen. They can't pitch behind Garrett Cole. We get one good start out of Corey Kluber, and you're like, is he back? You don't know. Like it's too much of a question. You're gonna rely. You're relying on Jordan Montgomery. You're relying on Domingo Herman, and uh, like we talked about a few podcasts ago, and his love for the long ball. Like it's just he's a home run pitcher. But you know what? He when he's on, he is dominant. He literally had like he was like seventeen yeah, but, and three. Uh, is he gonna be? He has a lot of strikeouts and like. But if he ramps back up to even half of what he was behind Cole, and if Kluber can hold it together. Those three right there are fine. We can definitely go out the deadline and get somebody. Luke Voigt is coming back. Don't forget about him. He's going to change the dynamic of that lineup too. Because then you have somebody that, whether he's going to hit or not, walks a lot. He has a really what? good eye. Like, and he's going to help the middle of that lineup even more. So all of a sudden, you, your top producers are starting to see Well, don't get me wrong here. I have yeah. the Yankees at 12. I don't think the Yankees are a bad team. It's just, I, I just think they're underperforming. They're, they're not performing at the level I thought they were going to be. And now, I, I'm not sure. Is Zach Britton coming back this year? I know he's hurt. Is he I done? Th- I don't know. They, they, it's very iffy. I think if he comes back, it's going to be like, the, for the end of the year, like September or something at this point. I, unless something's drastically changed in the last couple of weeks. But first it was, oh, he's going to be back soon. Then it's gonna, then it turned into... Okay, so then with the Yankees, you got Zach Britton hurt. Regardless, right now, you got Zach Britton hurt. You got Darren O'Day hurt. You had uh, Justin Wilson start the season hurt. The bullpen, I think you're going to have to be... Str- the bullpen's going to be held together by Chapman, Chad Green, and then what you get out of Darren O'Day and Justin Wilson. And I don't know how good I feel about that. The rotation's still bad enough where you're really relying on what does Luis Severino give you when he comes back from injury. And it's the same conversation we had with the Mets, but with the Mets, I think the Mets have five legitimate starters. I don't think the Yankees have... I'll be real. I don't think the Yankees have three right now. Like, I, I don't feel comfortable. I feel comfortable with Garrett Cole, Corey Kluber a little bit, Jamison Tyone, maybe. Like, he's a – we're going in tiers now. It, there's Garrett Cole, and then we got tier two is Corey Kluber, where I feel fairly confident that Corey Kluber could, at his worst, be a back end of the rotation starter. At his worst, at his best, a 2-3 guy. Jamison Tyone, I, I, I'd like to think he's somewhere between a 3-5 to five guy. But then what? I don't trust Domingo Herman. I, I don't trust Jordan Montgomery. Uh, Luis Severino coming off of Tommy John. I, I You want him to carry you to the... I don't think any team should rely on a guy coming back from Tommy John to carry them because that is a let's, rough let's place to be. Here. We, we have the Yankees pretty much the same spot on our board. I'm just taking objection to the Mets being that much higher. Like, a, like higher. Almost cracking the top ten with the way they've played so far. Like, I, if you told me Yankees thirteen, Mets fourteen, or something, or Mets twelve, even like I could stomach it. Uh, but I feel like they just get their. Well, I think it's because I, I think have, I took a lot of this list of like what was my original year power rankings. The original beginning of the year, I had the Mets in the top ten. Then how much did the Mets drop off from the beginning of the year till now? I am attributing a lot of what the Mets drop off was to what has happened because of COVID and how they've missed so many games. This team has not really gotten a chance to get hot. And then for then I did for what, and we can move off the Mets and Yankees and this is how be how we move off. So 
anyone listening here who is not from the tri-state area who doesn't want to listen to us anymore, we will be doing it. What I did with the Mets is what I did with the Twins, who I have at 19 and you have at 23. I looked at their team and I said, okay, who's not hitting right now? Francisco Lindor, Dom Smith, uh, James McCann. Like These are guys who are... Uh, Pete Alonso could hit better than what he's doing right now. Uh, McNeil's hitting. He's, he's getting so, hotter, but you're right. He's getting hotter, but it could be better. So you look at these guys, and I'm like, I'd bet on them. I don't think these guys. Is this it? Is this what, what Dom Smith is doing? Dom Smith can't hit an off-speed pitch right now. Do I think Dom Smith can't hit a changeup in August? No. I think this is just an early season. They can't get in a groove. They couldn't get in a groove. Now, it comes to the question of why we fired Chili Davis last night. They fired their hitting coach last night. Out of the, why would you start a season with your hitting coach if you're going to fire him 23 games in because he doesn't agree with the team philosophy? What's the point? I would ask. That is, and if and trust me, I'm uh, you. Just because a Mets fan does not mean I don't insult the Mets. That's when Mets are going to met. Because, like, why are you doing that? It's 23 games this season. The Mets lineup isn't hitting, but did we need to fire the hitting coach right now? Did we need to make a story out of it? Because now guess what you did. Francisco Lindor isn't hitting. You fire the hitting coach. Everyone's already talking about Francisco Lindor isn't hitting. Now it's, oh, did they fire the hitting coach because Lindor isn't hitting? And now, the next month, if Lindor doesn't pick this up, now all the focus is going to be on him. Look, they fired the hitting coach. He still can't hit. And now we're getting to a point where it reminds me a lot of Beltran's first year as a Met, where he did not hit, and they killed him. They literally killed him in the press for it. Beltran turned it around, but I could go on for an hour about how many players don't. Jason Bay, just going to leave it there. <laughs> so, like, how many players don't turn it around because of the New York media? So what are we doing here? When you a move like that makes no sense, a move like that makes me want to move them down my power rankings a little bit, honestly. But which Thank seems you. stupid. That's all I was the, trying to get you to see. It, it, it's a stupid thing, like a hitting coach. Meet me in the middle. It's a stupid. I I don't think I could. It's a stupid thing that the hitting coach would make me want to move them down. But even with that, I don't see the Mets lower than the 12th team in baseball. Now, if we could jump from that for a minute, there's a couple teams I have right in the middle here that are like for me, like hot and cold. Yeah. And it's the op- It's polar opposites for what I think is hot about them, what I think is not. So let me start at 17 really quick with the Reds, right? Oh, I like it. Highest scoring offense in MLB. Yeah. Tyler Naquin and the boys are raking. They're going nuts out there. Like they're 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 hitting a lot. Um, they're scoring a ton of runs. Huge run differential. Um, the problem is their bullpen has a 5.76 ERA, good for 29th in the majors. Uh, maybe I mean I don't want to be that guy, but maybe trading Razel Iglesias. That was what I was going to say. Like maybe that wasn't a great idea. <laughs> like, that was exactly what I thought was. Maybe you're just like trading your closer by their own. Like one step forward, one step back. It's not. It's not like they're not lost forever, but they're hitting a lot. But it doesn't matter if you can't close the game out. Like like they can't trust their pitching really. But those guys, and, and once those bats fall cold, they're just going to meander through the season. I feel like. I think they're a couple of years from doing anything. Um, whereas on the flip side, I feel like the Indians have the opposite problem. They're hitting 207 as a team. They obviously have Jose Ramirez, who is. I don't understand how people keep sleeping on this guy. I don't know if you do, but like this guy I is don't. amazing. He's walk. He is in a, in a league where all you do is strike out these days. He is walking 11.9 percent of the time compared to striking out only 9.2 percent of the time. Like. His, he is walking more than he's striking out. He's raking. He's always doing well. Shane Bieber is X Games mode. 
like pitching really well. You know, like the bullpen with with Clayce and Karen Shack back there is filthy, but they're hitting other than Ramirez and like a select maybe one or two other people is Garbo. Like like teams were like you would love to put them higher because their strength looks really good, but then the other side of their team is completely weighing them down. Like, you know, when, when we ever make merch, I think that'll be my fir- our first T-shirt. I woke up this morning <laughs> and I feel like Garbo. Uh, or Shane Bieber is X Games. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm about to go X Games mode. Regardless, I, I agree with you a lot on the Reds, and that's where if I was a Reds fan, this would make me so mad because that lineup is hitting. Castellanos looks good. Ooh, like, their whole lineup yeah. looks good. Yeah, their whole lineup looks really good. Like, Naquin, I think he'll probably regress back to the mean. And, like, I don't really think that'll hold up. But you think a guy like Naquin might fall, but I don't think uh, Suarez is going to hit 149 down the rest of the year. Uh, Jesse Winker is in 365. I think Jesse Winker, you're not going to hit 365, but he's a legitimate bat. He'll hit 280. Joey Votto, you know what you're going to get. Nick Senzel, these are guys who are, like, athletic. They're. I think I actually read a stat the other day that – um, I think it was on last week, the, uh, the Reds lineup, eight of the guys in the Reds lineup were former first-round picks, which is absurd. So this is not like we're just like random guys. These are guys who are at, these are guys with pedigree. Now, not every first-round pick uh, does well in the majors, but, I mean, that it just goes to show these aren't just like scrubs we have here. The, Re- the Reds have legitimate bats, and they have a le- and even some of their pitchers are good. So I, but I think it's exactly your point of maybe you regret getting rid of Rice Iglesias, and now you're hoping that Amir Garrett's going to turn around and be your closer. And I'm shocked that Amir Garrett's pitching as poorly as he did. And this morning they announced he got suspended for seven games, which is seven more than anyone on the Astros. And also, I'm just. I, I, it's a weird. I get what he did was probably start a. <laughs> he, he just. I get Amir Garrett started a whole riot with with Javi Baez and a guy we were just talking about earlier. Seven games seems like a lot. Regardless, that's not what we're talking about. Amir Garrett. I think he's gonna be. He's gonna pitch better than what his ERA suggests right now. Um, and then you're hoping for guys like Sean Doolittle. Jeff Hoffman, like I, I, they don't have a lot there, and that's a team that I don't know if they really will open the pocketbook and spend at the deadline. So that's a team that a guy we talked about earlier. If the Reds are in it, maybe you hope they go get someone. If Michael Givens pitches well, maybe you go get a guy like that. You're not going to get a go to- get a top flight probably bullpen arm, and that is where exactly your point, and that's why I have them at 15 of, and it's it's the perfect spot for them, middle of the pack, because I think. Their front office is going to limit wherever they can go. It's too early it's, to blow up their team. They can't get to the it's, top it's ten. It's too early to go and try to make that one move that's going to take them. They they need to build up their pitching. That's going to happen in the offseason. Yeah. They're not going to get anything. They might get something this year. Their bats are going to come back down to earth a little bit. They're going to be good, but they're going to meander through the rest of the season. And it's going to be one of those years where we look back, and if the Reds go really good, like they explode next year, we'll say this was the precursor, and we'll look at it differently. But in the context of this year, I feel like it's just like, yeah, they're going to be good days are ahead, but we're not there yet. We're just kind of chilling right now. The only like, way... The only way the Reds turn it around is if they have bullpen arms that surprise you and Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray yeah. turn it around. It's the only way you're going to – it's the only way it's going to happen. If I was a betting and man, I would not place bets on those things happening. Yeah, I, I, just think about how many variables I just threw at you that need to go right. And that's why I think the Reds are a middle-of-the-pack team. With the with the Cleveland baseball team, um, 
I think it, I think your point. It's honestly, sadly, sadly for the the great state of Ohio. It's the same story. It's you got rid of Lindor, you got rid of Car- Carrasco. Clearly, ownership isn't going to spend. So now you're hoping guys like you. You got Jose Ramirez hitting. You got Franmil Reyes hitting. Got Shane Bieber going X <laughs> X games on him. Uh, you got Shane Bieber hitting his uh, Sean White, and uh, but but the question is like, how far does this go? Does the Indians roster? Ah, oh, dare I said, but does <laughs> Cleveland's roster? Saying today, dude, today, where they stand today, is that a playoff team? I don't know. Is that if it's a playoff team? It's a, if it's a wild card team, does that win? Can that team beat the Red Sox? Can that team beat the Blue no. Jays, Astros, A's? No. no, it's not. It's a hard no. And that's why I have them there. At, and that's why I have them at where I have they them. Lost now. three or four to the Yankees. Know. I have them at, <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> I have them. At, I have them lower than you do. I have them below, and it's exactly my point. I have them at twenty. Below the Twins, the Phillies, the Braves, the Angels. Why do I have them below them? Every team above them will spend, and every team has talent that I think larger that has more talent than what the what the Cleveland has. What Cleveland has, I'm really struggling to keep doing that. What Cleveland has on their roster right now, it's the Twins. They're not playing well, but right now their entire lineup is Nelson Cruz and Byron Buxton. That won't be the case for the rest right. of the season. The Phillies, same situation. The Phillies are worrying about the bullpen, and that's just going to be always the concern with the Phillies, it seems. But the Phillies' lineup is legitimate. It's a legitimately good lineup. The Braves lose Travis Darno, but they still have Ronald Acuna. They still have Marcel Azuna. They still have Ozzie Albies. They're still a great team. Like The Braves are not... They're too good to be a bad team. Like They have too much talent there to be a bad team. Max Freed, Mike Soroka, like Ian Anderson. Like These are teams that are legitimate, and their, their ownership, their front office is going to spend. Cleveland won't. And ultimately, that's why I see them at. I put them at twenty because that's where I see them at the end of the now, year. I'm interested to hear they're, they're going to fall I, off. I agree and no with one's going. Nothing's going to change. And I'm interested to hear uh, our thoughts on the much maligned Philadelphia Phillies that we both agree on at number eighteen. But we might be coming at it from different angles. Because let me let me let me <sighs> pull in my uh, Philadelphia fandom for a second here and give you what it would be like to be in the mindset of a Philadelphia fan because I have a lot of experience being let down by the local teams around here, like the Eagles or the Sixers or the Flyers. Um, and my first question to pose to the Phillies, who are one of the most frustrating teams in baseball every year, who the hell so. who the hell is playing center field for your team right now? Like, first it was Roman Quinn. Oh, now they have... First, now it's, now it's Odubel, who's now like it's one for 19, who arguably shouldn't be having another chance to play in baseball. Like, he, fun, that's fun fact, fair. They're, they're garbage... In the outfield over there, um, and that's one thing. Then you have such high highs and such low lows in your starting rotation. You have Aaron Nola dealing. You have Zach Wheeler. Eflin's doing okay, and then you have <laughs> our boy Vinny Velasquez, who I still to this day do not understand how this guy has a job in the MLB. Like he literally every year comes out, and the Phillies are like, man. You have like a 575 ERA, and you could be in our team. Like, this dude cannot throw a strike. I don't think I've ever seen him win a game. Like, if any game I've ever watched a pitch, he's lost. Like, like I don't – the bullpen, as you mentioned, it's always a mess. It's just, it's just a mess. Like, Hector Neris, at best, mm-hmm. is probably like around average. He is inconsistent, just like the rest of them. 
Joe Girardi and his bonehead pitching decisions holds them back. You'd think for a catcher that caught for some of the best pitchers in his era with the Yankees back in the early uh, late 90s when they started winning those championships, you'd think for a catcher he would understand pitchers a little bit better than Joe Girardi does. But he somehow continues to not understand how to manage a bullpen. Pulling guys when they're doing good, putting guys in the stupidest situations I've ever seen. Like, the, the best parts of the Phillies are probably the heart of their order and the top of their rotation. And those 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 highs are high. But the lows of the Phillies are really low. Now, I have them near the Mets. The NLEs, again, it's wide open. If someone's going to make a push, they have a better shot because they have Harper. They have Hoskins hitting for power. They have Real Muto. They have good bats. But they also have some bats that are going to kill rallies. They're going to have pitchers. They're going to have Nola go six innings strong, give up a run or two, and then the bullpen's going to come in and give up seven. Like, they're the most, one of the most frustrating teams I've ever seen. <laughs> they will continue to be that way, in my opinion. I don't know. That's why I put them at 18, because you can't write them off because they have Harper and they have some big bats, but like, and they have Nola. But, like, for I God's sakes, like, I put- when, are this, when are they going to put it? Like, we're not even asking them to be as dominant as they were when they had like Roy Halladay and Cliff Lee and all that pitching, right? We don't need them to do that. But like, can they at least pretend to compete? Like, I have them at eighteen. I wanted to put them higher, but then I sat there and I'm like, do I trust them more than I trust the Braves? No. Do I trust them more than I trust the Angels? Probably about the same. But the Angels are playing better, I would say right now, and I think the Angels have better pieces playing better right now. So I'm like, I can't put them above there. They're, the Reds are hitting much better than they are and probably pitching around the same. So I'm like, okay, I can't put them above there. And then it goes to they're not playing better than the Royals and I can't put them above there. And that's how they, the Phillies fall to 18. I think the problem with the Phillies isn't I like Alec Baum. I, I, I like Bryce Harper, JT Real Muto, Reese Hoskins. They have legitimate bats. And it's exactly what you're saying. I, I like Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler. Both of them are pitching well. Zach Eflin even is he's a decent three starter that's a decent starter but I think the issue you have here and you know what uh we talked about earlier of uh when we used to as as children when we used to talk baseball so this was just a preamp back then we had we had something we used to say about our favorite I would say collectively our favorite baseball player of all time and I think we can expand what we say about him to fit the Phillies down two in the ninth, who's going to save you? It's not Hector Neris. It's Willie Mopania. Yes. All right? <laughs> so that's literally it. I think Hector Neris. I sat there the other night watching Hector Neris pitch against the Mets, and I'm like, well, I feel fine. Like, it's not even he's, – he's, he's the best pitcher in your bullpen. Archie Bradley is still good, but, like, I don't get how the Phillies haven't figured that, that out. That Conrad guy – that Conrad guy is garbage. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't I believe the Phillies figured out their bullpen. It's disgusting, like. I, I really did. When the season started, I thought they figured it out. And it's just like, I don't, I, I look at them like, no, it's the same nonsense over and over again. And your rotation beyond Wheeler is not really inspiring. So it's like, what are we doing here? And if I'm Losing. a Phillies fan, you, here's the thing. If you're a Phillies fan, it's almost the worst place in baseball to be because you're good you're not a bad team you're a good team and you could win it's just a question of will the front office go get what you need at the deadline to win and considering your owner was crying poor all offseason i'm gonna say they're not gonna and uh that's Which is weird for Don Brown. you know 
Well, that's the thing. You're hoping that Dave Dombrowski is at least going to have some say and they could do something. But then, you again, I, I it's concerning to me what the owner was doing all offseason. And then he did something good, turn around and sign Romuto, so who knows what he does. But they're the weirdest team in baseball. I think that's the best way to describe the Phillies. They're just, they're straight, they could be, and on any night, they could be the best team in baseball or they could be the worst. And if you're a Phillies fan, it's got to be the most frustrating. I went to one Phillies game two weeks ago, and it was the exact... It was the epitome of what the Philly season is like. They got up early. They were hot. Everybody was jumping up and down. Everyone's excited. And then it fell apart so quickly that I don't even think anyone can. You you looked around and you saw people get like they just got hit by Mike Tyson. They were just like, what it's just like watching happened? A Sixers game, like, man. This all fell it's apart. It's like watching a Sixers game. I've been to plenty of games over there because the past couple of years, like before the last two, the tickets were really cheap. And they would be up. I was watching a Warriors-Sixers game in Philly, and the Sixers were up like 35 at halftime. I'm not kidding. The third quarter rolls around. That place is electric. I've never seen the wind exit a building so quickly. than when the Warriors not only won the game, but won it by double digits after being down 30 at halftime. Like, you can't trust them. Like, I don't know what's in the air over here, but like, jeez. We got to stop talking about the Phillies. Like, before we go to the top 10, I want to make a quick couple of notes about some of the teams we had just outside the top 10. I think we agreed on the Mariners. Like, they are kind of in the, in the midst of a crazy division right now. But th- something that I think is helping them is they have the lowest bullpen ERA in the majors. 230, right? They, uh, the, they have a softer schedule coming up, too, which is going to help them, only going to help them. And it's going to help them gain a little ground because Oakland's got to come back down to earth at some point, right? They kind of are, but like, you know, the soft schedule is going to help them going forward. They have some really good pieces, the Mariners do. The only reason I didn't have them in the top 10 is because they just lost right out of four to Houston. They didn't look great. Like, you know, it's, it's a minor setback. I think the Mariners are in good shape. They're definitely the mix. Whereas earlier this year, I, I told I wrote, I pretty much wrote you off when you said it. So I'm I'm I've come around to thinking that the Mariners might be good. So, like they, I'm there not ready to put them. Nothing, I'm not ready to put them like top five or anything crazy. I don't think they're going to win the division even. But if you ask me right now, Greg, do you think the Mariners have a shot to get the playoffs at least a wild card? Of course, like they're right in the mix. Like there is nothing that fills me with pride more than the fact that the Mariners are doing exactly what I thought they would do. And I'm, I I have them, and this is a sneak peek. I, I was going to say this, and I was very excited to say it. They're my number 10 team in baseball right now because the Mariners are, yes, they had a rough series there, but the Mariners aren't. The Mariners started hot, and they're getting players back, and they're going to be able to call players up starting now. With Kyle Lewis coming back, that's only going to make this team better. You get Kyle Lewis, you get Jared Kalenic, you're going to get Logan Gilbert up. Like, this is a good team. This is a, they're what you said. The biggest issue, this was a good team last year, and their biggest issue was their bullpen. And now they have the best bullpen in baseball. And I said that, if you go back to our first episode before the season started, I'm like, the Mariners bullpen is very good right now. Like it is good. You don't have any like flashy arms there, but they are very good. What'd you say there? Two point three oh. Two point three oh. Even better. Like it is. 
they're getting and they're getting legitimate contributions from Justin Dunn, who I love in their rotation. Justice Sheffield, he's got four ERA, but like he, he I think he, I think he's been pitching better. Than if that that's suggests. the worst of your problems, like there's some te- like that's great. There's some teams where the exactly. that's the best ERA on their team, like the like the Rockies, like John Gray's the only or pitcher the Yankees. that's below four. <laughs> or, or the Yankees outside of Garrett Cole, I think Justice Sheffield would have the second best ERA on the Yankees. Which and he's a former Yankee that just worked out for me honestly. <laughs> um, Chris Flexen, I did not think Chris Flexen was going to pitch as well as he's doing right now, but he is. You say Kikuchi has a four point four ERA. He had a start the other uh, maybe like two weeks ago where he went seven innings and he gave up five runs because yeah I think he gave up four of them in the seventh inning and that's killed his ERA a couple times it's happened to him where he's gone in into inning too long and it's killed him. But you say Kikuchi's legitimately pitching right now, and he's a legitimate two guy in that rotation. Marco Gonzalez is hurt now; he's been off. But if you get him right, like he has been, you have you can go back and see where Marco Gonzalez has been good. He's gonna figure it out. You call up Logan Gilbert, and that this is another team. And I, I said the Blue Jays before, but it's another team that I don't think there's the problem is I don't think the Mariners ownership will spend. But if you get a legitimate starter here, if they trade and I don't think they're going to trade Julio Rodriguez. I don't think they got to trade Kalenic. I wouldn't want you to, or Gilbert. I wouldn't want you to if I was a Mariners fan. But if you can get a legitimate starter, it doesn't need to be Scherzer. It could be, I'm trying to think of who's going to be a free agent. This might be a fun exercise for a top 10 too, because these are the, now that we're getting closer to the top 10, we're getting closer to those teams that are going to be making deals at the deadline. So you're looking at pitchers who would be a free agent next year. So let's look through this really quick. We got, as we said, Max Scherzer, his contract is going to be up. Uh, Johnny Cueto, who's off to a hot start in San Francisco, his contract's up. That could be someone I could see in Seattle um, if San Francisco falls off. But San Francisco, right now, they're playing too well for them to fall off. So that's the issue. You need a guy who's going to, on a bad team, that'll fall off. So now now you're in the category of maybe... Jose Urania, I could see that. <laughs> I'm looking at the list of recent of, of uh, starters who are going to be free agents this year. Right here at the bottom is Vince Velasquez, so I won't go into that for you. Um, <laughs> Please, for my sake. Uh, Kyle Gibson, maybe. Uh, I don't know Kyle if you go to the Mariners. That, that's mid-division. I don't think they do that, but like you never know. Like, I think the Mariners, like, if I'm a Mariners fan, you're really hoping the Royals fall off for more reasons than just to help yourself because Danny Duffy is going to be a free agent. Um, and if Danny Duffy is pitching and pitching well right now, and I can't imagine him at the end of his contract will cost, cost that much. So it's like it's another good arm that you could possibly get in there. The problem you got uh, a lot of – or if you're a Mariners fan, you're hoping the Giants fall apart because if the Giants fall apart, now you get Kevin Gaussman's. If the Giants don't want to pay him, you got, like I said, Johnny Cueto. There's legitimate. There will be legitimate arms available at the at the deadline. John Gray from the Rockies is going to be available at the deadline, most likely. I would think. If these guys are going to be there, you're hoping a team like the Mariners goes and gets them because if the Mariners get another arm to this rotation, they're legit, and that is a team that can. I wouldn't want to play the Mariners in a playoff series. I think that you touched on one team there that you said the Royals are a very interesting case, and they're the last yeah. one I wanted to touch on before we get into the top ten. Because I had them at 11. I don't know where you put them. They're a team that I can easily see slipping. Like, yeah. Because, you know, they do have some young guys. They have Bubik. They have Daniel Lynch. Like, coming up, good prospects. They're starting to make an impact. Danny Duffy's pitching well. I kept them out of the top 10 
because the Twins have been all over the place, and they lost the Twins uh, in a series lately. Just, like, little things for me to keep them out of the top ten, right? Mm-hmm. But two things that I don't know if they worry me, but I don't think are sustainable, right? They're 6-1 right now in close games. Close games, as we know, are close games for a reason. They can go <laughs> either way, right? So, yeah. like, one, they can just as easily be winning them and just as easily they can be losing them. I remember a few years ago the Orioles with Buck Showalter, some more than a few years ago at this point, were a note or a classic case of they went a, they were playing over their heads because they were just kind of getting lucky a lot of the times they're winning these games like one run, two runs. In a lot of games they they really had no business competing. Like and they were a good team but not a great team. And I feel like that's what the Royals. The other thing I don't like is they have the second highest bullpen ERA in the majors, four eighty four. If they start if things start going south and they're not looking good, you know, the Central's not easy to win, especially if the twins come around like you hope they will. I, and if I the White Sox won't. stay where they are, right? The Royals might be sellers of the deadline. They might get rid of Duffy. Like uh, they could get some good stuff back from Seattle. I could see that being a trade. That could I'm happen. with you on that because I don't think the Royals and I, I don't know many Royals fans. I don't know many Royals fans, but I can't imagine they expected to be here right now. The Royals are a good organization, so they always do make more out of what they have. It's similar to what the A's do. It feels like every year they I look at their roster and I'm like, I don't really expect much from them, and then they figure it out. But the Royals are legit right now, but I'm agreeing with you of I don't know how long this lasts. You're going to get Alberto Mondesi back soon, and I, I really love him. He's one of my favorite shortstops in baseball. You're hoping Bobby Wood Jr. comes up soon, but – is Michael Taylor going to stay doing what he's doing? Um, you're hoping Andrew maybe. Benintendi. Maybe, but I, I'm starting to cool down, cool off on how I feel about him. His average has already dipped to 262. Jorge Soler is going to hit home runs, but he's not even hitting them that much right now. He's got two, and he's hitting 202. Andrew Benintendi, you're hoping he's hitting 272. So I, I'd like to think that's going to stick around. You got Wit, you got Salvi, Carlos Lantana. I, not Santana, Slamtana. I hope you caught that. <laughs> yeah. We're an hour and 20 are... minutes into the podcast, and you had to break that one out. Come on. <laughs> wow. well, Carlos Slamtana. Well, Slamtana, my issue here is that you're relying on these guys that I'm not positive are going to keep it up. Danny Duffy, too. He's having a great season, but I'm and I like Danny Duffy a lot, and I'm not really positive he's going to keep it up. Same with Brady right. Singer. It's exactly what you're saying. I don't know if the I have the Royals at fourteen for your exact reason of I think the Royals start to slip and then who's coming up behind them? You got the Twins, who on paper are a much better team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's the not White even Sox. particularly forget, close. Don't forget them either. The no. White Sox are hurt, but the White Sox are a little beat up. But even beat up White Sox, I think still have a better roster than the Royals do right now. And over the course of the season, I'll take my chances with them. I think I do. Mm-hmm. I think it's time for a break. I'm ready for. The I was just gonna 10. say that. I agree. So we will be back after another short break, and then we'll give you our top ten. Ad break number two. First time ever for the podcast. We have two ad breaks in the same podcast. Um, and instead of shouting out our non-existent sponsors, I want to shout out you, the fans. Thanks for listening. Uh, sometimes these podcasts go for a while, but you're sticking with us. We're at the hour 18 mark, so thanks for sticking around. Get ready for the top 10 power rankings for May coming up next, and let's get back to the podcast. And we're back with our finally we're getting to the top 10. All right, so Greg, hit me with it. Tell me your top 10. Who goes X Games on them? <laughs> Top 10. Number 10, St. Louis Cardinals. Number 9, Toronto Blue Jays. Number 8, 
Chicago White Sox. Number seven, the Cheater Astros. <laughs> Number six, the Oakland Matt Chapmans. Number five, the San Francisco Giants. Number four, San Diego Padres. Number three, the Boston Red Sox. Number two, Milwaukee Brewers. And number one, Los Angeles Dodgers. It makes me... Los Angeles. Of Los Angeles. Los Angeles Dodgers (laughs) of Los Angeles. It makes me mad that you have the Red Sox at three. Because I put... And and I will get to this in a second. The Red Sox at four. And when I did it, I was like, good. I'm going to be able to be like really put my stance that like I believe in the Red Sox and then you one up me and I'm like damn it like that I really I thought this was like me at four I thought I was making a move and you one up me so that's a, you probably a, thought it was super safe because I'm a Yankees fan obviously there's no well, way I would also like two weeks ago I was fighting for the Red Sox and you and Josh were like trashing me for it I'm like what are we even talking about the Red Sox are a good team but I'm, I, I'm, I'm glad to see you've come around Anyway, you know, looking at it holistically we have our reasons but go with your list first and then we'll get into something sure all right, so at number 10, we have, as we just said, my Seattle Mariners. At 9, we have the Chicago White Sox. At 8, we have the Oakland A's. At 7, the San Francisco Giants. At 6, the Houston Trash Trashstros. That one's hard to say. Um, at 5, we got the Toronto Blue Jays. At 4, the Boston Red Sox. At 3, the Slam Diego Padres. At 2, the Los Angeles Dodgers. And at 1, we have Bark Twice of Year in Milwaukee Brewers. I am very well, excited we'll about have that. Some stuff to talk about with this hop too. Yeah. So I think we could start. We won't start with the obvious. That number one. Um, I think I'll go quick. Of the White Sox, we're higher. I think I had the White Sox at six, and then news came out about Luis Robert being hurt, and then I'm like, all right, you already lost Eloy. Now you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose Luis Robert, and now you're relying on Adam Eaton. As like one of your best pieces in the outfield, I don't feel really good about this anymore. And still good enough. This team is still Nick Madrigal, Tim Anderson, Lance Lynn. They still have enough arms. They still have enough bats where they're still a good team. And I think they can weather the storm until he comes back. But if I'm trying to be conservative here, Giolito's going to figure it out. Rodone's hot. Keuchel's fine at the end of your rotation. Michael Kopech's good. Michael Kopech has actually been great. Uh, he's They've been using him as like a spot starter, long relief role, and he's been dominant. But as I was just about to say, if I'm looking long term, a team that's struggling from as many injuries as they are, and now you're going to rely on Adam Eaton and his 217 batting average, or, I mean, our favorite guy to doubt, but he keeps proving us wrong, your mean Mercedes. Like, but my issue is, do I trust them over the course of the season? I'm not positive. I think the White Sox are still good enough to survive and weather this storm, but I couldn't put them at six above the Astros, the Giants, and A's just because those injuries are legitimate, they're significant, and uh, I, I just felt like they needed to take a minor hit for that. I agree with that, and that they take a minor hit for that, but I don't think this is... I, I don't really have any doubt that they can weather it, because honestly, they've been weathering it to this point. Yeah. Problems. And they're a classic case of a team where their 15-12 and 12 record doesn't tell you the full story. Like, like They could even be better than that record shows. I, I agree. that they have a lot going for them, and I think... If you're not careful, they could go very far in the playoffs. Like, let's, They are well-rounded. They're top 10 in the MLB in both ERA and OPS, both sides of the ball. They have a 28, plus 28 run differential. Tim Anderson is the heart of that infield. Um, 
And you know what? If I'm thinking long term, again, it's really early, but if they get to the playoffs, they can weather the storm without these players. Once they come back, we'll see. It. And Tony Larusa gives them pedigree. I don't care. Like you get to the playoffs, what manager would you rather have manage your team? Tony Larusa or like Joe Girardi? Uh, I know? mean. Uh, you hate Joe Girardi. I think honestly, I, I think there's an argument there for Joe Girardi. Regardless, I think I disagree with you here because that was my exact argument from dropping them from six to nine. Was okay if the playoffs started tomorrow and the White Sox were playing the Blue Jays. Do I think the White Sox are going to win? No. Do I think they're going to beat the Astros? No. Giants, Oakland, maybe, but I had to give it to Oakland and the Giants just because of pure health and how they're playing. So then I'm like, okay, they're in that category of team. I don't know if I'm confident if the team today could win a playoff series, could win a pennant. I, I'm not confident in that, and that's why I pushed them down to nine. They're still a great team, and trust me, this is not me trashing the White Sox. I think I very much think when you talk about who's going to win the AL pennant, the White Sox are going to be in this conversation if they get healthy. But the way it stands right now, I don't feel very comfortable about it because you're going to have to put Andrew Vaughn in left. You're going to have Adam Eaton in center or right. I, I, you got a lot of pieces there that you have to figure out on the fly. And um, I don't know. It concerns me. But hopefully, Luis Roberts not gone too long. And I'm really not. Uh, Eloy, I think he's done for the season because I think that's a six-month injury, the, the pec tear. Um, so you're already down a guy. It's just, it, it's just too many injuries at this point. And, and that, that's where I'm getting concerned. So on the flip side of that, with too many injuries, a team that I think while I do have them at one spot below the White Sox, right now at nine, I think that they've had the injuries and they're starting to come back around where the injuries won't be a problem anymore. So they have the Blue Jays, right? Their bullpen lights out, 261 ERA. The hitting's starting to pick up, but most importantly, injuries are starting to relax a little bit. Hyunjin Ryu dodged a bullet with a calf strain. He's coming back, I think, this week. He's going to start on uh, Thursday. Um, Teoscar Hernandez is coming back, and George Springer is back. Toronto's going to pop off. If they, if they end the season in the top five, would not shock me. Top three, wouldn't shock me. I think the Blue Jays have a legitimate shot to go big. And their injuries are, are getting away um, at the right time. I think it's, you know, April, shake off some rust, get some guys back. Their lineup all of a sudden looks really good. I am higher on the Blue Jays than you. I have the Blue Jays at five because I love what the Blue Jays are doing now. And like I said earlier, they're a team that 100% needs to go get an arm at the, at the, at the deadline. I mean, unless you're going you're to call up Nate Pearson at one point, I'm expecting. But still, I don't want a rookie starter being the thing that I'm relying on to get me to the playoffs. The Blue Jays are a legit team. Lourdes Goriel's hitting again. Vladdy is the Vladdy we were expecting when this season started. George Springer's back. Teoscar's going to—he's getting himself going. Marcus Semyon has been great at second. That has been as perfect. That has come. That has done exactly what they want. Having him at second and Bo Bichette at, at short. Like everything is clicking for the Blue Jays right now, and they are a solid team. They just need pitching help, but they're doing it right now. So I can't argue with the results. I love what they have. I love their lineup, and if they're hit, if they're Pitching enough, well enough to play right to to be first in the AL East right now, or are they second in the AL East? The Red Sox. What, what are um, them? Yeah, they're they are fourteen. And 13 yeah, they're fourteen. They're two games place. back. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. So they're yeah. still, but they're still. It's a hard. This is a tough division, and the Blue Jays are performing. I love what they're doing. 
Um, I, I, I don't even think it's a question. I think they're one of the top five teams in baseball. I knew I, early in the season I had them as one of my AL wildcard teams, and I'm very happy to see what they're doing. They're doing exactly as what I hoped, and I'm more happy. I think it's good for baseball. It's baseball's better when guys like Vladdy Jr. are hitting, and Vladdy Jr. is fun to watch. He's there's another team that I just throw on at night just to watch, and that is a fun team to watch. And Vladdy's a fun player to watch because uh, he legitimately he might he's one of those guys that when you're looking at him and he's young, you're like this could be one of the best pitch hitters that we're going to see of this era of baseball. He he's really he's different than his dad, but. He has many of the same things that made his dad great, and and I love watching it. I really do. I agree. Now, moving up a little bit here, West Coast Mania. Uh, I got the four, five, six for me. I have San Diego, San Francisco, Oakland in that order. Well, um, you know what? If, I, if we're going to talk about the West Coast real quick, I just – we can't go a podcast without – I just want to throw a little quick out there to who's, – who's hitting 300 – over his last seven games? I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. oh that's Matt Chapman. That's the AL MVP campaign's coming. Matt Chapman's back, baby. Matt Chapman is hot. The A's are hot. Matt Chapman, you can't you can't keep Matt Chapman in the corner. And he is back. And he is doing everything that I was hoping he would do, and I'm loving it. The A's are Matt cool. Olson has a better chance to be AL MVP than Matt. That's one month, Matt. I I don't I I would have loved the AL MVP campaign to start earlier. I've said this many times on this podcast. Actually, I've said it every episode of this podcast. However, <laughs> however, the A's are putting it together. I won't get too much into Matt Chapman. The A's are putting it together exactly for you saying. Matt Olson's hitting. Ramon Laureano is doing exactly what you wanted. Center. Chad, Web gem. Jed Lowry is wildly enough. <laughs> Doing very well. Uh, Mark Hanna, they're pitching. The A's are just... The A's are what... This is exactly... You can just fill in the blanks of every A's team you've watched since 2003. These guys together shouldn't be working, but they are. And it's just... It's they're pitching well. Louis Trevino in the back of that bullpen. They lost... Shout out to Louis Trevino holding down the closer role. They lost Trevor Rosenthal. You tell me... You tell me a team that, like... A week in, they had lost seven in a row, was it? They lost their closer. They were horrible, from... and then they, they had no closer because Rosenthal got hurt immediately. Yeah, and, and Diekman yeah. subbed in, we and he was talking, terrible. We were talking bad about them all off the bat. I didn't think they were going to amount. Now, I think this is astronomical how hot they are. I don't think they're going to keep this up. But like for right now, ride the wave. I, I honestly think they can't keep it up. They're pitching. They're hitting. They need to do something that's going to point me to that. They're, I know they're hot, but like... This is them every year. Uh, point to something that's going to turn them around, like that's going to make this go poorly for them. Seth Manaya's pitching. Jesus Lazardo is not pitching. He's hurt now. But honestly, he might have been the worst pitcher outside of Frankie Montez in the rotation beforehand. It could be a situation where it's addition by subtraction, sadly. And let's be real, when he, if Jesus Lazardo figures it out, like we're talking about one of the best young pitchers in baseball. So that's something that could really lift them in the second half of the season. But again, you got you guys guys who are just performing solid. It's Cole Irvin. It's Chris Bassett. It's, like I said, Seth Manaya. Mike Fires. he had a good start in the one that he's filled in now. I mean, their bullpen's been great. Jake Diekman, Louis Trevino. Matt Olson's hitting. Matt Chapman's hitting. Ramon Laureano's hitting. 
We're Sean Murphy's bats coming around. The A's are legit. The A's are hitting, and I, and I love to see it. And they're, they remind me a lot of another team where I'm like, wow, they're performing better than they should have, which is the San Francisco Giants, which I, I have. to get there. I have them at seven. You have them at five. It's another team that, trust me, that would 100% be a team I would have said, I don't even know what to do with this. Like, I don't, they, they're under, when you look at their roster in the offseason, I was like, this underwhelms me. But they're it's seven, old. The, it's, they're, the hitters are old. I think preseason, if you had listened to that first podcast, I'm pretty sure I would have said, I think I had said on one of the pods, the Giants are waiting out this season so that uh, Brand Crawford's coming off the books and then maybe hopefully next year you get Evan Longoria off the books and that way you can really make a splash. They're 17-11. The Giants are for real and the Giants are another team that, and I keep bringing it up, that is an front office that spends. That's why they won all those World Series. If the Giants are in it at the deadline, the Giants are going to spend. It's not even Watch a out. question. It yeah, is. You know what? They, they, they could go one of two ways at the deadline. They can go for hitting, which will help. Because right now their hitting's doing okay. You know, led, leading the charge, who would have thought Buster Posey was going to start hitting like he's hitting right now? It's 2012 again. Like good. It's 2012 again. again. I, my, like that he's Phillies game I went to, Buster Posey hit two home runs, and that I was literally sitting there with my friends. I'm like, when did when did the clock turn 2012? Because Buster Posey looks like himself again. Buster Posey looks like Buster Posey. Maybe the year off for maybe he took he sat off that year for COVID last year. Maybe the rest helped him. I don't know because he's legit again. I think besides that, I think that he's not he's not he's getting some rest days now. He's not every day anymore. I think that's helping his bat a lot. Like and. On top of that, so if you're the Giants in this trade deadline, uh, you can go for a bat. You can help that that lineup that's doing okay. Or you can just stack up on pitching. Because they're pitching right now. They have three guys that are pitching out of their minds. Kevin Gossman, he just he just got he just got injured in some way today. They're not telling us what it is because it has to uh, be. It's COVID nineteen list. Yeah. Right. But he had a, he's had a two oh four ERA with a point ninety one whip. Anthony Dis- Day Sclafani, is that Anthony Jersey Shore, the Jersey Shore's very own Anthony D. Sclafani. Two ERA, .94 whip. He's on my fantasy team after I traded Kevin Gossman away. I also have another San Francisco Giant, Alex Wood, on my fantasy team, who's pitching great as well. Like, where's this coming from? Like, I love it for the Bay Area. It's it's a great it's great to see. The whole team is just solid all around. McGee's in there at closer. He's he's pretty good too. He hasn't had an opportunity in a while, but like because the Giants are just beating people up, they don't need to have a save, you know. Like, no, I, I, it's the the Giants are for real. Their rotations pitching well, and it's it's another thing the Giants seem to always do, where they have they they get these pitchers and they really make out make more of them than it seems to be. Uh, I mean, in their bullpen, I, I think a guy you forgot there's Tyler Rogers, who's their setup man, one point eight oh eight ERA, and he's just killing it. Him and Alex Wood right now. Him, Alex Wood, Jake McGee. Tell me a better bullpen in baseball right now. You're not going to find one. Like the Giants are legitimately pitching, they're legitimately hitting, and that's a team like where I was saying before. If you're a team like the Mariners, you're hoping they fall off because then uh, a guy like Anthony DiScalfani, a guy like Johnny Cueto, uh, Kevin Kevin Gossman, these are guys that would be available. But the way the Giants are playing, I'm not positive they are going to fall off. They're they're hitting well. I don't see any reason for them to fall off. And you know what? When I think of the Giants, and I keep thinking about this. I don't know. They, I know they have that prospect, Marco Luciano. He's a shortstop project. I don't know his, expe- his expected 
like debut date. And I want to look that up really quick. But while I do that, um, they're one of those teams that if Trevor Story doesn't get traded and he just hits the open market, I don't think that'll happen. You get Brandon Crawford coming off the books, that frees up money. So the Giants sign Trevor Story in the offseason. They they can really jumpstart this rebuild that they start that they've been doing for a couple years here. A guy like that, now I don't think they're gonna get a guy like Trevor Story at the deadline because they're in division and I don't think they would trade Trevor Story within the division. But I, 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 for the Giants fans' sake, I hope they don't go for Hobby Bias. But uh. if, I really would not want that for them. But that's a guy that we're talking not even just this year. And I mean, I already have him as the number seven team in baseball. If this cools down and they just end up a fringe wild card team, because they probably that probably built will be what happens, because you have the Padres and the Dodgers ahead of you. So if the Giants make the playoffs, they're making it as a wild card team. But you add a guy like. You add a guy like Trevor Story in the offseason, the Giants are a legit team again. Uh, Marco Luciano, I'm looking at, his, his estimated time of, is 2023. But you got guys like another guy who's going to come up this season, Joey Bart. He played well last season in, well, while Buster Posey was going at catcher. He'll be back. Um, you have Mike Yaskremski, Yaskremski, who's already hitting. Like the, the Giants have pieces. This is what we were talking about with the Orioles, but to a much better degree. The Giants have pieces, and they're playing well. And I love to see it, because that is definitely a situation where baseball is better when baseball in the Bay is going well. Right, and even even better than that out west, San Diego, man. They, every It feels like everything this offseason was hype, hype, hype. We're all in on San yeah. Diego, and people were like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, there's a lot of what ifs. Well, you know what? What if you Darvish does well? He has. What if Joe Musgrove does well? He's already got a hitter already. <laughs> like, and then look at that bullpen. I love Melanson and Drew Pomeranz back there. That's a good one-two punch if I ever saw one. They just took three out of four from the Dodgers. They took two out of three from the Giants. Tatis is on the cover of MLB The Show. Let's go see. <laughs> well, see, I, that's, that's where I disagree with you. I think if the only thing that might come back to bite the San Diego Padres is I don't like their bullpen. Not a big fan of it. I don't think Melanson really? and I don't I, I don't like Drew Pomeranz and Melanson that much to hold up over the course of the season. It's a team that won't be that 100 percent won't be afraid to trade to go get somebody. But but what are they? What is so glaring that the Padres? Do you think need right now? Bullpen. Like the pitching. It's the bullpen. Bullpen. Really? It's the bullpen. I don't think Melanson and Palm. I don't think anyone they have in that bullpen right now. Emilio Pagan. Um, I think Keona Kello's out there. I think they're all decent guys. But I'm not positive that holds up over the course of a postseason run. Um, but they're easily. They're, there's not much you can really pick apart when they're they're easily. The third best, if not the second best team in baseball. Like it's not even a question. They look great. Tatis, I was I started getting worried when he got hurt. I'm like, oh wow, this is one of those things that really turn the season around. Like if he's not doing well, but he's back to his old self. Uh, not much you could say poorly, and that's why I feel like we were going to talk more. I feel like we'll almost talk more about the teams at the bottom end of this than the top end because how much could, more positive things can you say about the San Diego Padres? Like they're. One of the best teams in baseball. You can pick any player on their team, and that is why they're one of the best teams in baseball. Like, it is pretty simple. Eric Hosmer's hitting. Uh, Austin Nola's gotten healthy. Like, there's really not much to argue about the Padres. And then I guess what it brings us into, well, the Red Sox. We, we, we should probably talk about the Red Sox. Of That's crazy that, that, that we both had them this high. And 
I was also thinking kind of the same thing. I'm like, I don't know where Tommy's going to put them, but this might be a good thing to talk about. You know, I, mean, I, I figure he'll put them in maybe the top ten, but he'll have them at like six or seven or eight, and then I can say, oh, well, I have them a little higher. Let's talk about it. I have them higher than you by one. That's like, you know. We're both very high. Red Sox, because one name that comes to mind, you, you say Red Sox, I say Rafael Devers. Hello. <laughs> well, his, his advanced stats are the ones that I like a lot, too. 98 percentile. Or better, an expected batting average, 354. Bail rate, 29, 21.9%. Expected slugging, 750. He has an 11% walk rate. You know, the only thing that you could even knock them for in the past few days is that they lost 3 or 4 to the Rangers. That's a fluke. The Rangers are going nowhere. It just happens, right? They're playing the Orioles and the Tigers next. They're going to destroy the Orioles <laughs> and the Tigers. Like, like I, I could see them winning. They'll win at least four of those six games. Yeah, the only thing you could even say right now, okay, the rotation might be a little shaky yeah, at times. That's but it. they've held up so far. Well, you know what? For now, I think the Red Sox are a good team. They're, they're a top five team for me. I have them at three. I really think that you know the Padres are still a top five team, but they're. They're going to level out. The Giants, their hitting might come down a little bit, and that'll hurt them just a bit because they're going to be trying to go for a wild card spot. But the Red Sox, it's as of right now, I think it's their division to lose in the AL East. I am very much with you, and I mean, I think that's clear. But I, you know, it's actually kind of funny when you said when you say Red Sox, I think Devers. That reminded me of that old SNL skit with Jimmy Fallon when he used to run into restaurants with a. When you say Red Sox, I say Noma. Well, uh, regardless, uh, I love that one. Regardless, no, the Red Sox, I think they're for real because when you say Devers, there's also Xander Bogarts, legit. Like, he's one of the best middle infielders in baseball. And then my, honestly, I would say, if you're a Red Sox fan, um, and I, I've talked about this with a few Red Sox fans, friends that I have, losing Mookie Betts is probably the worst case scenario if you're a fan of any team. Like, it is not even a question. But... One kind of bright spot, Alex Verdugo might be one of my favorite players in baseball. Like, just purely favorite players to watch. I love what Alex Verdugo does day to day. He gives you exactly, it's plus defense, it's plus batting. I, I think this guy is a legitimate future all-star. I love, he's taking off this year and it's already happening. Like, I love what Alex Verdugo is doing. Um, the Red Sox are, for, the, for real, the, the problem you're going to have is the rotation. I mean, even though Nick Pavetta did, former Philly great, Nick Pavetta did just throw a gem the other night. <laughs> I don't know if that holds up. And I think this is an interesting case study of the Red Sox clearly, when they traded Mookie and then into this season, it was clear that the Red Sox were not trying to be competitive. They were trying to restart, get all the money off the books, and then figure it out. Uh, but now J.D. Martinez is hitting again, and now the whole team's hitting again. In the past, the Red Sox were not afraid to spend. Do the Red Sox spend at the deadline? And I keep bringing this question up because when I do power rankings, ultimately that's where I've – it's not about where you are at on May 1st or today's May 4th. It's not about that. It's where you're going to be in October. And you're not getting to October unless you're – I would love to go back and see how many teams won a World Series without making a legitimate deadline acquisition because I think it's pretty impossible. Like, There's no way you could go with the same team – and ride that to the finish. So the Red Sox are going to need to get some arms to that rotation. They're going to need to get that arm, get an arm in the bullpen. They need to do something. They're going to need to get some arms, um, and that'll be ultimately 
what will keep them from either. That'll be ultimately see how far they go. Now, the question is, do you think you're a Yankee fan that's a homer? I had the Yankees winning the division as well. Do the Red Sox can? Here we are, May 5th, 4th. Will the Red Sox win the AL East? I will not commit to that. I don't think that the Red Sox are the surefire favorite. I did just say that it's their division to lose, which is true. I think that the rotation might cause trouble for them as we get into the summer, right? Uh, The Yankees are going to get back to what we think they are. The Yankees have a good shot. The Blue Jays have a good shot. And the Red Sox have a good shot. Uh, And that's where it stops. I I sincerely think that whatever of those three teams gets a legitimate arm at the deadline will win the division. I I legitimately think that. Because they all have the same problem. If the Red Sox get it, I can for sure say they will win. Yeah, I agree. As of right this moment, it's one of the three. But the Red Sox have pulled ahead. Let's say I, I agree, and I, we didn't really, and we don't need to talk about them now. But we didn't talk about them that much either. But you, this is, I think this is exactly why you have the Rays at fourteen, and I have them at twenty-three. Of I am really the way the Rays look. The Rays are more than Tyler Glass now looks great. Louis Patino looked good the other night, but he is not stretched out to be a, like a starter every fifth day. And I'm not afraid that the Rays are going to come up and steal this division, um, and they're definitely not going to spend. Um, I, I think their pitching is not nearly good enough, and it's just it is what it is, and that's the story with the Tampa Bay. Yarbrough and uh, no, literally, <laughs> it, it's Michael Waka, it's uh, Chris yeah. Archer when he gets healthy, it's Luis Patino if they call him up for for, for good. You're hoping they call up Wander Franco. When I don't shame. know, the clock's ticking. I'm it's such a shame. Every time I look at the Rays, it's such a shame. Like they, for a team that made the World Series last year, it's just so uninspiring what they do every year. I like know. I get their analytics and they're smarter than everyone, but clearly they're not. Because where are Kevin we? Kevin Cash isn't. <laughs> like they're clearly not smarter than everybody. Because like. It's just, I, 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 looking at it, yes, I'll be real here. Yes, did they make the World Series last year? A hundred, of course. Is it a coincidence that they made the World Series, they finally made the World Series in a season where we only played 60 games? Not at all, because that's oh. a team that gets hot and then falls off. Not crazy to me that they got hot and then made a run. It really isn't. I, I really wasn't a big believer in them last year. Of course, I wanted them to win because I didn't want the Dodgers to keep, I didn't want the Dodgers to win, but like, I don't expect much from them, and I don't think they're going to steal this division, honestly, at all. And here we are at the apex Apex of the mountain. We have our number one and our number two, and we differ. I feel like we've agreed on many things here today. We've had a couple of disagreements, but I feel like we're ready to fight it out with the Brewers and the Dodgers. (laughs) Well, I'm not trying to fight it out about the – so here's the thing. I put the Dodgers at two because the Dodgers are dealing with a lot of injuries right now. All right, their their bullpen's beat up. Dustin May's getting Tommy John. Cody Bellinger already had shoulder surgery in the offseason, and now he's hurt again. And it doesn't seem like he's co- even close to coming back. The Dodgers are hurt. Justin Turner's hitting out of his mind, but he's a little bit older. Is he going to hold up? My bet is probably, but I mean, at a, same, at a certain point, I think there's enough injury, and the Dodgers are deep, so it'll be fine. And the Dodgers said, I keep bringing up who's going to spend. The Dodgers definitely will. Um, but they're a little beat up right now. And when I'm looking at it just over the course of how they're – like, when that – does that concern me? I, I think the answer is yes. Like, I, I'm going to have a hard time arguing that the Dodgers aren't a good team because they are. They're literally probably – if they're, they're I have them as the second-best team in baseball. It's just when I look at all these injuries, they have a bullpen's worth of arms right now on the shelf. And, I mean, like, 
I'm just wondering what the future holds for the Dodgers if things continue this way. They're going to have to make a move, and I don't know. If I'm going for the number one team in baseball, they I, I just... I just think the Dodgers are not as good as they were a month ago, and that concerns me. I disagree because there's a couple of... I'm looking towards the rest of the year, and I just know the Dodgers are going to be back in the World Series from the NL. It's not. A, it's just a no-brainer for me. Like, let's, let's just look at what you said first was your major point was injuries, right? They do have a lot of injuries. And despite that, they have a... As of a couple of days ago, as of right now, they have the highest run differential in baseball, plus 39, right? They, Cody Bellinger, you mentioned, David Price is hurt, Gonsolin's hurt, McKinstry, Corey Nebel on the back of the bullpen. Grabber also hurt. hurt. Yeah, they have a lot of injuries, and they're still winning. They have, we've said it a million times, Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Bauer, Walker Bueller. Yeah. What else, you know, what else can you possibly have? Imagine someone like Max Scherzer going there. Forget it. But then I ask you to look at their lineup, and I'm going to list their. I'm going to list the major players in their lineup right now, and I want to ask you if you can tell me anyone here that isn't a solid hitter and probably one of the best players on any team if they were to any other team. Mookie Betts, Corey Seager, Justin Turner, Max Muncie, Chris Taylor, AJ Pollock, Gavin Lux, Will Smith. Better than like, I would say sixty to seventy percent of lineups. I'd players say, that can fit in. I'd say probably better than eighty percent of like the lineups of baseball. Players that would start on any team easily. Yeah. You know, I absolutely and I have him on my fantasy team because of this. I love Chris Taylor. He's versatile. He scores a lot of runs, and like he's some he's hot too right now. Like like Justin Turner, Mookie. When Mookie Betts is your biggest liability on offense right now, you are doing something. Yeah, what's right. he in two sixty? He's like two six. Like he, like he's coming back. He'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be fine. Be no, fine. Like, he'll be he'll like, be fine. You know, but like when he's the one that's like quote struggling right now, I think you're going to be just fine. Now, we can say you know the Brewers did some work lately. They swept the Padres. They they took three or four from the Dodgers. I that's get it. the thing. I, I sat here, and that's why the Brewers are number one. I'm looking at a team that's without their best player, without undoubtedly their best player in Christian Yelich, and they just lost Omar Narvaez. 11 of their players, 11 of their 40-man roster are on the injured list. Yeah. And they're still winning. They're means, winning. And it's, the, and I, go for the Brew Crew. If you're listening right now, you're like, okay, but like you just use that against the Dodgers. And I'm just sitting here, and as I sit here today, and I'm like, what injuries could serve me? I'm looking at it, and I'm like, the, the Brewers are winning, and they look like a solid... Like, the parameters of their team have stayed solid. They're playing well, and they're... More importantly, they're pitching well. It reminds me... And it's not a football podcast, but it reminds me a lot of, like, the Bills season. Uh, the Buffalo Bills this season. You looked at it, and you were like, the Bills are a good team, but is Josh Allen going to take off? Before the season, most people would have said no, and then the rest was history. Josh Allen takes off, and the Bills are one of the best teams in football now. I look at this team and I'm like, all right, the Brewers are a good team, but like, is Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, are they gonna find? Are they pitchers or are they throwers? I'm looking at it, these are pitchers. Corbin Burns start forty guys before he walks somebody. I mean, Brandon Woodruff, you can't hit off the guy. Freddie Peralta uh, behind them is averaging roughly four strikeouts per inning. Okay, you got Josh Hader, Devin Williams is off to a rough start. Think about that. The bull, the Brewers have the best bullpen in baseball, and it's not even particularly close. And then you get to the lineup. Keston Hero's not hitting. 
and yeah, Kevin here is not hitting. You got Colton Wong hitting. You got Travis Shaw hitting. You got guys that are putting it together, and they got guys who aren't even like they haven't even figured out first base. Keston here and, and Dan Vogelbeck back, they're not hitting at all, and the Brewers are still winning because of how well they're pitching. You get this lineup together. Lorenzo Kane starts rattling off some hits. He's not going to hit 167 the rest of the year. Omar Nevarez comes back. He was hitting 368. Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich is one of the best players in baseball. Once he gets healthy, and you add that to a lineup, and what I mean, like. You add that to a team that's already, what, 17-11 and just won three of four against the Dodgers? Like, the Brewers are for real, and uh, I'm very excited. Like, they're a team I'm very excited to watch every time uh, I see them on TV. I agree with you. I'm just putting the Dodgers up because I don't think the Dodgers have done anything egregious enough to be knocked off. No, they haven't. Like, like that – so, the thing – if. Because it's a game of inches now that we're at number two and number one. So anything setting these two apart is not going to be that drastic. Uh, but well, I, I think th- I see the Brew Crew. They have a negative one, or at least the last time I checked, they have a negative one run differential. Right? They're, now it's negative two. They're, they're right on the cusp. The pitching's holding up, and it's doing well. What you're saying, things like he's unhittable, and he's like we know that that's not going to last entirely. It's going to have to come down at some point. I trust the longevity of the Dodgers versus the Brewers because I don't trust the. I don't know if I trust the Brewers yet, and I don't care if Yelich comes back. I feel like Yelich is just as easily going to strain his back again. Like, like I, I, I want to see it for longer than a month with the Brewers before I really commit to them being the best team in baseball. For me, the Dodgers are hands down still the best. They haven't. They've slipped a little bit in recent weeks, but like. Did you watch that series with Miami the other day with the Brewers? They looked lost, man. Like, like sometimes they can come out and they do great, and I know they have a lot of injuries, and that's only going to help them when they come back. But, but I mean, that Marlins series like shows you what could happen if the Brewers kind of lose their grip a little bit. They lose a little momentum. Like, yeah, they looked like they didn't belong. I agree, you know? but when I looked at this, I think I went, okay, Brewers and Dodgers to me are very similar teams. They're a little beat up, but they're two of the best teams, two of the best three teams in baseball. And the Padres could probably also be in this conversation. I looked at it and I said, it's almost like the situation of Ty goes to the runner. Brewers and Dodgers to me are around the same level. The Dodgers didn't do anything to lose that top spot. But they did just lose three or four to the Brewers. And if that's the case, I got to give it to the team that's winning. And I have I put a lot of stock. When I'm building a baseball team, I build it around a bullpen. And the Brewers have the best bullpen in baseball. And I don't even think it's particularly close. Maybe the Rays are the second best bullpen in baseball. And they're really not even that good this season. And they've fallen off a little bit from last season to this season. The Brewers have the best bullpen in baseball. And now it seems like they might have one of the best rotations in baseball. They have a better bullpen than the Dodgers do. So then it's a matter of the lineup. And the Dodgers definitely do have a better lineup, but they're hurt. And we're relying on Turner to keep it going. You're relying on Chris Taylor to keep it going. You're relying on a lot of older guys to keep it going. And then Cody Bellinger to come back and produce, which I fully expect Cody Bellinger to come back and be good. And I'm not trying to really trash the Dodgers. The Dodgers, to me, are, if they're not the best team in baseball, they're 1A. They're 1B. I mean, the Dodgers are right there. But when I'm looking at it, I view the Brewers and the Dodgers as even. And the Brewers just won three or four, and they have the best pitching in baseball. So to me, that puts them over the pitching wins championships. That's been my philosophy from day one, and it's time and time again what we learn about baseball. And I think 
that that's a good way to end this with our yeah. battle at the top of the Brewers and the Dodgers. That's the two hour marathon. That is a two hour podcast. May, our May power ranking. I hope um, all of you who have been uh, all of you loyal followers who have been listening, I appreciate you. If you got to this point in the podcast. You know what? I'm a wish to, uh, as my in my farewell. I say a happy Marmalejos to you and your family. If you got to this point in the podcast, DM us at Random Movie Stars and say a happy Marmalejos to you too, and we will do something special for you. I don't know what yet, but there will be a special something. But anyway, that is the end of our podcast. Uh, thank you, Greg. Thank you, Josh. Josh, you did a great job today. I can't say enough. I think this is this is probably the best podcast I've ever heard Josh be a part of. This is like everything he was saying was music to my ears. Josh, Josh, Josh was on his A game. Sometimes it's like when you see pitchers go out there and from pitch one, you're like, are they gonna throw a perfect game tonight? That was Josh tonight. It was really, it was really beautiful to see. Really was. I, I, I loved struck every out minute. The, really struck out the side when we were talking about the Red Sox. Like, yeah, man, he got it. He, anyway. He Anyway, thank you, Hayden Christensen, for joining us tonight. Uh, John Hamm will be with us next week. We will see you guys then. Bye-bye.